Welcome everybody to Mog Talk episode 224. Today is uh, March 3rd, or no, March, sorry, March 20th, 2021. Uh, I'm Frosty, and this is Mog Talk. If you have never seen Mog Talk before, it's a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV community discussing everything from Savage Rating to Chuckaba Racing. Today is going to be about Deep Dungeon. Before we go too much further in it, of course, I want the guests to introduce themselves so you know who's on the show. Uh, we'll start with Angelus. Angelus, can you tell everybody who you are? Hello, I'm Angelus Demonis. I've been streaming Deep Dungeon for like two and a half years, and we recently got Twitch partner because of it, so have a little bit of time in there, so that's me. Congrats, man. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right, and then, I, I mean, even if you if you even watch anything about Deep Dungeon scene, you know Angelus, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I've, I think he's pretty much carried the scene for the last couple of years <laughs> and built it, so congratulations on that, too. Thanks. Uh, and then, of course, we have some other random person who I thought was on the show before, but apparently not. Like, I, I guess it's just like me remembering inviting him and him declining me, but me forgetting that he declined me. Uh, Pharaoh, can you tell everybody who you are? Yeah, and we met at a FurCon, so I don't know why you don't remember me. <laughs> um, I'm Pharaoh. <laughs> I started streaming raids with Ultimate and Deep Dungeon. So it's always been a very important part of... My content, every content drought, I do lots of Deep Dungeon. I've recently gotten back into it. Thanks for having me, finally, after not answering my calls or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you're a little bit of a weirdo, dude. I, you know, I see it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to get into that kind of conversation right now, and I just kind of keep going. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, I'm happy I could get you on, man. Uh, but the, this is something that has been uh, interesting to see evolve over the last couple of years. Because Deep Dungeon, they they didn't really do anything this expansion at all for Deep Dungeon. And uh, even without them adding new content to it, it seems like activity has grown with Deep Dungeon. Uh, and we're talking about, of course, Heaven on High and Palace of the Dead. Uh, I, I'd like to ask both of you first, before we go too much into it, you both seem to be very interested in it. Why, why do you have such an uh, attraction to this content? And I'll start with Angelus. I'll let you, you lead here. Uh, well, originally I got into it because when it first released in Palace, it had the leaderboard, it had a high score, it had the, and especially the solo leaderboard. So so I already knew like you can do solo from the beginning, so that was something that was just interesting to try. And the competitive feel of it kept me going on the content. And uh, I just kept going, because then, you know, you do it in one job, you felt like you wanted to try in other jobs. And that kind of consumed a lot of time and, and, and lots and weeks and stuff. So it just kept me engaged for a long period of time. Um, so that's what it kind of kept me going from the beginning and all the way up until now, especially especially that we're seeing the clears happening and all the other jobs and everything. So that's one reason that I keep doing it. And there's still like a long list of things that I'd still like to do with the content on solo. So okay. yeah. I remember, uh, you know, when you were doing PVP a lot more often, was that kind of the same thing too? They introduced the leaderboard towards it and you wanted to Get higher in a I mean, with with PvP, I I, I was interested in the content in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't do too much for the first season of Peace, but yeah, as we started to get a little bit better, I started to get more involved with it. But yeah, the competitive feels is part of that too, for sure. So, okay, okay, Pharaoh, uh, what what brings you into Deep Dungeon? Why do you want to keep doing it? There's a lot of reasons. Okay. Um, <laughs> not even touching on how I've started becoming addicted to soloing it after learning from Angelus. Um, 
it's a great way. I always recommend it for new players if they want to test a job. The moment you take a job, a job, not a class, into a mm. palace, you get level 60. You get to play with it. So when I first, when it was new, I did that to test different jobs and see how they played. And if you don't like how a job plays at 30, you just level it up in there until it's a higher, and then you don't have to play with its boring kit. Mm -hmm. um, you get XP, you can have a party of four different level players as long as it's relevant and not too high. The, it X, the, the XP scales with you. It double scales on a double XP server, which is crazy. If you bring a max level in there who's helping his friends level, they get tomes out of every floor. You get a chance at huge amounts of gill. Um, and although it's not as efficient with speed wide, uh, speed wise to go to the max floors, it's, in my opinion, the most fun way to do content um, for levels or tomes or gill while still getting rewarded for it. So I, I get addicted to that. I think it's really fun. Mm -hmm. Well, you also do a lot of it with groups on stream, too. I mean, do you like the, the group dynamic of it? Oh yeah, if if it gets too easy with a tank healer and two DPS, you just go three DPS, and then you go four DPS, and you just start using your skills to just do it faster, and it's more risky, and it's crazy. It's very addictive when you start getting into it, even though it might seem boring, because some of the Shadowbringer jobs, so in Stormblood I didn't really have this opinion entirely, some of the Shadowbringer jobs are really bursty, and just melt things in there now. Um, mm -hmm. I, I got addicted to Machinist. Machinist wasn't this bursty in um in Stormblood. So I went in there, I was like, whoa, this is actually really fun just blowing things up. And then you get to the higher floors and then it's really intense and you have to know how to kite. And there's actually a lot of um technical aspects to each job, kiting and timing things. And it's the more you learn about it, the more you realize is it's kind of like learning raid from scratch. There's a lot that goes into it. Okay. Uh, I mean, and there's also, besides you 2 there's been like a, a pretty big surge in player interest with Deep Dungeon uh, that we've started to notice. There's a handful of streamers who, like, that's their only content, uh, and that's all they do now, and I, they make it um, basically the feature of their stream. Why, why is there such a high interest in it? Is it because of the reasons you said, or is it just fun to watch, or what? You want me or Angelus to go yeah, first? I'm going to let you guys start battling out. You know, whoever talks first you can, wins. You can go first. Well, the first way you get people in there is it's convenient. It's gill. It's XP. It's all that stuff I mentioned previously. Mm -hmm. But once you start getting to the higher floors, you realize there is no dungeon content in the game that is actually that scary or challenging or, you know, you get one shot by every mob. Their cleaves are like two rooms long, so you need to be ready to LOS. You need to know what things do. You need to rotate. Uh, silence and stuff. It's not hard once you learn it, but it's really exciting for a new player to actually do that climb. It's and it's not as intimidating as say getting into savage raiding or something mm -hmm. if they're not a raider. So I've been able to. I've had success getting people that aren't even savage raiders into doing deep dungeon. They have a blast every time. Hmm. Okay. Just because it's like just that mild, challenging content with small scale is what you're thinking. Well, it's. For them, it could be really challenging. I mean, it's scary. You need to know how to save a run when it goes wrong. It, you, you lose your run in a blip if you do the if you something goes wrong and you make the wrong decision. So it's pretty exciting. It's the only thing close to a dungeon crawl in this game. Hmm. Um, dungeons are normally linear and they're pretty comfy, and it doesn't matter if you die. These are like a almost these almost get almost give me a feeling of going through an old dungeon where you got to commit six hours to it and. 
you're crawling and you're going deeper and deeper for that loot. The mobs get harder and harder and you kind of need to know what everything does. You have you actually tank in this dungeon. You need to know what to pull, where to pull, why to pull it, pull back, you know. So you could have a savage tank in there that, you know, maybe they're experienced, but they don't know how to tank a proper dungeon like a like an MMO dungeon. And th that kind of kind of that in there, which is fun. Um, now that you mentioned that, uh, it kind of reminds me back in the day when I was when Burning Crusade came out and it uh, with WoW. Where we mm -hmm. were all like marking each mob, and you're like, okay, uh, sheep this one, uh, do this to this one, trap this one, and like you, every pool, you had it kind of calculated about who's going to do what to CC things, so you can have an optimal pool on there instead of just running wall to wall. And I guess that's kind of what this dungeon is providing right now is that you have to be kind of tactical about your engagements. Exactly, you got to think about what you're engaging, what you can CC, what CC works on, what, how are you going to react? What if you're fighting something that has an enrage and three mobs wa roaming walk around the corner? How are you going to handle that? You know, mm -hmm. you, you've got pomanders too, which really changes up this content. I love the pomander system, and you've got to learn how to use those. Um, and the fact that it's all procedurally generated, the mobs are procedurally generated, as far as I know. Um, you get a set every three floors, but. Uh, where they're going to be, how many there are, what rooms they're going to be, and what treasure you get, and how many rooms is all procedurally generated that you can influence with palm anders. But that makes it a new experience each time. Okay. And Jealous, your thoughts on maybe a lot of people coming here, do you think it's mostly the challenge, or what's your opinion? I think it's a challenge. I mean, what Pharaoh said is is kind of the the in the middle, I believe, of, of like once someone gets into it, they start realizing all of these details. I think on my end, what I see is like, even if it's a brand new person, they'll just be like, hey, why are you doing this? And then it's just a simple, well, like, hey, there's this leaderboard that exists that makes it a little competitive. There's this super rare title that on the solo on the solo route that um, not a lot of people have, relatively speaking. But then the hardest part is just getting the person in there. I think once they step in, then they realize everything kind of what, what Pharaoh said of, like, you know, you get all these tactical, all the all the strats and everything. Um, and, and it probably hooks people just at least to think it get in there. I mean, there's a lot of people who talk about... Um, they want to try it, or they look at it, oh, it's really hard. But I would definitely say a vast majority of people that I see that just actually really just step in there, even solo party, they start to realize all these things that either they're watching on the stream or that's being explained to them. And then that's why people get to it. And then and then I've, I've seen stories of people saying, like, they, they did it themselves, and they start convincing their FC members to give it a shot, and then they get addicted too. So it's mostly that. It's kind of, it's really like a, it's almost... Definitely just a word of mouth thing, almost at least at the initial base of it, um, and I guess getting getting more people watching it as well kind of adds to that as well. So, it's early on. It was definitely something that you know a lot of people just didn't know kind of existed in the game, but no more people are getting to know about it, and I think that's why it's just kind of snowballing to that. Just more and more people just giving it a shot, and I guess in this situation where I guess people are maybe wanting to still play fourteen and finding other things to do, that they kind of land into this. Um, achievement hunters land into this. I've mm -hmm. seen that too. They're just rolling down the achievements. They're like, oh, Palace of Dead Solo. Oh, Heaven on High Soul. Let's see what this is all about. And then they jump in, and then that's how they're going to get caught up too. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, and there aren't really that many people uh, talking about the solo side. Of this. There's not that many uh, necromancers out there still, right? How many necromancers are there? It's probably creeping closer to 500, if not just under oh, okay. 600, something like that total, and in all data centers combined, so. Yeah, like, over, or globally, there's only that many. I remember when mm -hmm. uh, the first Necromancer happened, that was, like, almost a year after the content came out, wasn't it? About. I mean, I, I guess you can roughly say a number of months after um, Stormblood came out, because it was on Red Mage. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it, it couldn't even be done. Well, I guess it theoretically could have been done before then, but Red Mage was the one to, to take care of it, but that was after Stormblood. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was pretty crazy to see that. And then we start to see like a lot of people, uh, more people, I guess, more people starting to be interested in doing it because they saw it could be possible to do it. Um, right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I guess uh, the community-wise, how... How much has the community grown actually within the last couple of years? Has it been like maybe two hundred percent, three hundred percent, or like what are we looking at? Um, so when I said I was streaming this for like two and a half years, I got Necromancer in March of two thousand nineteen, and I was the fourteenth in the world to get it. Mm. So since then, in about what like a year or a half, almost two years, we're talking an additional five hundred people that have gotten <laughs> yeah. it since its release. Um, and and even Lone Hero. Um, that was in what 2018, the end of 2018. So you're talking about two and a half years, and that's jumped probably closer to 600 people solo. I mean, yeah, people have also done it on multiple jobs, which has also been an interesting um, thing to see too. But yeah, it's it's been a pretty exponential rise in terms of just people trying it and, and accomplishing it, etc. And uh, and I think also the like the Shadowbringer job changes probably aided in that as well. Um, I think a lot of that kind of helped in maybe assisting. And the possibilities of other jobs doing it, so that probably all contributed into it. Okay. Uh, and so, is there like a fierce competition kind of out there between some of the top people who do it, trying to get the clears faster or anything like that? Um, I mean, at this current juncture, it not necessarily the. I mean, I don't know a fierce competition of just getting the clears themselves. There's been a little bit of a back and forth of the high scores, though. Um, kind of like just looking at the leaderboard and just seeing what someone gets. Uh, that has definitely been a thing I've seen from just a, a handful of people because mm -hmm. that part is very difficult. But yeah, there is a little bit of back and forth between NA and, and JP for a little bit, which is kind of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, just mostly in the high score value, not so much the actual just clear itself. Okay. So Yeah, isn't, uh, isn't the high score kind of, you have to do some goofy stuff to try to get the high score? Like you, it's like... Uh, there's some way it values your score overall that's not like the most efficient way to clear it or the fastest way to clear it. There's just a way you have to work the system. Yeah, we had a, we recently, like a, maybe a year and a half ago, we had a community member who, to, who dove down and really broke down every little piece that could contribute to score. And now we kind of know almost everything that comes down to what adds to your score. And so now what you're having is people trying to figure out the optimized route of scoring. So it does get a little weird. Um, like you purposely step on traps, you purposely do a full lockout to kill everything as much as possible. There's, it gets really funky when it comes to high score, and you will, and it really changes a regular run completely because you play it completely different because you want to maximize everything that it gets involved with adding to your score. So it's it's pretty wild. Okay, Farah, do you have any interest in ever going for high scores or anything like that? Uh, I'll think about that after I actually solo it. I'm working on that right now. It's painful. It's actually really hard. What's uh, your current solo uh, setup? <laughs> I died on 91 the other day. 91? Are you doing Red Mage? I'm doing Machinist. Okay, okay. I have to practice LOSing, which is something you have to do for solo, which is um, there's these mobs on 91, White Mages. They're supposed to be the easiest mobs on those floors, as far as I know. And you have they have a one-second cast time, so you have to get into a rhythm of LOSing them so that you don't get blown up and I failed it and I got blown up on the first mob on 91. Okay. So there's like it's just normal. It's just you learn these new things you have to practice. It's really weird that you don't have to do anywhere else in the whole game. 
are you doing machines because you want to or i, I think isn't red mage supposed to still be the one that you is like the easiest one to get your first clear on there's nothing more fun than reassemble drill <laughs> it's a nuke while you're running away and flipping through the air you just reassemble drill it's i don't know why no oh, yeah i agree i gotcha i gotcha ninja right. looks really fun too though uh, i used to do red mage a lot but i just love the i love having a slow um and you use your cc in there a lot cc is very important in there it's not important in almost any other content in the game mm. um but you cc of a of a job is seems to be really important in there like like hide on a ninja is actually used to hide. <laughs> right? It's no, not used to sense. just get your mudras, you know? So I guess uh, what would be the easiest... To, is Red Mage the easiest one to clear on if you wanted to get your first solo? I don't think so. No? No, not... No. <laughs> okay, okay. Then what is the easiest one to, to clear on? Um. Well, I always say the easiest... It, I mean, if you want to go objectively, you, you want to look at the, the boards, the leaderboards, and just see which has the most clears, because that just tells you um, what people are gravitating towards. Um, I always suggest to people to at least try what they think is their main job first, um, because you just might find that a lot better for you. Like, you know, for someone may just look at Machinists and, and you know, Ferris said he likes jumping around. Someone just be like, yeah, I, I don't like that. And I don't like shooting guns and they'll just do something else. You know, you can't, it's almost like you don't want to force someone into a job that they just, just whatever reason they just don't like. And that no longer becomes the easiest for them. They're just like, you know, biting their tongue, just going through it because someone told them that that was the easiest, even though it would have the most clears. But yeah, like objectively, Heaven on High would be Gunbreaker because it just has by far the most clears, way more than even Red Mage now. And then machinists would have the most clues now for POTD, um, but but the the, the knee jerk is red mage because that was the one that first cleared, and that's what we all did initially. Mm-hmm. It's just now that people have seen you know evidence that you can do it on other jobs, they see how the gameplay goes, and like oh yeah, that can do that, and then they try it, and then they find out that actually is easier for them to to go for. Um, so okay. I mean, has that been like uh, an, a kind of an effect from? expansions coming out and job skills changing i'm assuming that might have shifted that around a little bit or yeah um tanks were probably the biggest one once you got rid of tanks the tank stance and the offensive stance and just kind of con- combined it into one that really streamlined tanks mm. big time um it was still doable prior to but it's just way better now um i think ninja i don't remember how ninja was prior to Shadowbringers, but right now its current iteration is is beautiful in Deep Dungeon. It it feels like it's meant for Deep Dungeon the way it's set up right now. So it, it really does. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of jobs did benefit off of um, off that scenario. Except I guess healers. Healers probably suffered a little bit from the change because they just lost DPS. So oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so when you're going through this and you're trying to get a clear and everything else, how much of this is really just based off RNG? Um. It's interesting because I remember when I was first doing Palace on Red Mage, um, my initial attempts, I always thought the ONG was too much. I always thought it was just too much there, like you didn't get stuff back. Um, I was just getting stuck on like the 180s and stuff, and I was getting frustrated and, and all that stuff. And then I took a break for like a while until Heaven on High came out. And then, we, and then I got the Heaven on High clear, and I came back to Palace, like I guess... What is that? Maybe a year, year and a half after I first attempted it, and we started to get consistency into the really high floors. So it, there is RNG that plays into it, but I feel like getting into the higher floors, 180, 190, getting to like 
like 80, uh, 91 heaven on high, that doesn't happen by accident. Like RNG doesn't all of a sudden dictate that you'll just stop at like 60 and then one day you'll just get up to 90. You'll start to see that there is a consistency that kicks in because you've just gotten better, your skills are better. Um, I mean, the end of the run can still be kind of determined by a little bit of RNG or, or a lot of bit of RNG, but you don't get to those higher floors by accident. You will work your way with skill to get there and then you'll just see what the game kind of gives you thereafter. So, so it's not a large amount of RNG. It does play a role into it, but not in the sense that like, you know, someone can go in there and say, oh, you won because of luck. Like that, that's not definitely the case. You don't win because you got lucky. You won because you played really well to give you the chance to have what you need to clear. So. Okay. If you, you put, yeah. if you put a, someone that's not very good at soloing and they have the best RNG ever against someone that's an experienced soloer with bad RNG, the experienced soloer is going to win. Good players know how to play around RNG. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of it I've been trying to learn is you play around the RNG and you have ways of dealing with it. You have very specific situations where you just know how to do something. Right. And uh, it's actually a bit, way bigger learning curve than I thought. It's not impossible, but I mean, Angelus makes it look easy soloing. But I've run into situations where I'm like, I've never seen this before. Um, you know, do you want to if you get a damage down on a floor, do you want to sacrifice a palm to make it faster so you don't lose time? Little things like that. Um, just if you find a room that's flooded with a million enemies, should you sacrifice a palm? Should you just pull really fast? There's a bunch of the floor modifiers really make uh, swap it up a lot in mm -hmm. there. You can get, I've, I don't know if there's a limit on how many glooms you can get in a row, but I feel like I've had some runs where it's just gloom, 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 which is damage up, strength up, and speed. So they're like just blowing you up if you don't use anything and knowing how to deal with those and get through it. I watched Angelus like a couple weeks ago. He had a floor 91 that was awful RNG. It took him 30 minutes on one floor. He still made it to 99 and almost cleared. Okay, okay. Uh, so there's a lot of tech to it and a lot of improvement like so, a, go ahead. it's been nice to stream it because soloers have been tuning in and they're like in a nice way they're not being mean because I allow backseating when I'm doing it they're like you could do this this and this or why did you do this I recommend doing this next time and I'm like I didn't even think of that I wasn't even I was just hitting buttons I didn't even think about you know measuring you know what is the chance of this? What is the chance of that? It's like playing a card game or something. It's not bad RNG. It's pretty fair. Yeah, you can get really screwed, but there's a lot of... Learning to play around that is really fun. And, and there's only a handful of things in, in Deep Dungeon in general, whether it's solo or party, that are just rules. Like, you just don't do this because it, it will kill you. But outside of that, a vast majority of, of ideas and thoughts and strategies are essentially percentages, percentage chances. Like, hey, you could have used this thing, but it still didn't guarantee that mm -hmm. it would have given you success floors later or floor before. And so that's why it's, it's interesting with Chad as well that, that people like say things and propose things, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have that feel of like a literal backseat of like someone giving you a spoiler or anything. It's just, it, it, for me, it just becomes this debate. Like I would look at it and like, I think about what they said and then it becomes this kind of process of, well, this is why I wouldn't do it. This is why I would do it. And it's interesting to go through that thought process because sometimes it does then produce a thought that oh actually that might have been a great idea, but again it's not it, it doesn't become it doesn't it doesn't feel like someone is just literally telling you the answer, it's it's just like well there's a reason why I'm not doing what you're doing, um, but it still doesn't mean you're wrong and it could mean that I'm wrong but you're just dealing with percentages it's just 
like it just depends on what you decide and what the gamble is and what you think would give you the better success. And that that's in my opinion, that's what makes it a ton of fun too. Okay. Something I've learned really fast doing this is sometimes you need to take big risks and that if people know what's going on can be really intense in your run, especially if you're watching someone do it, taking a huge risk to do something and you don't know if it's going to work out or not. And you don't really know what you're going to get, which I, which is why I find it really entertaining to watch. Cause you see, there's so many things you can deal with in a full run. Um, but yeah, the community is really helpful. I actually really like the, community so far i think the deep dungeon community has like two thousand people in it or something the discord yeah one of the bigger discords has like two three k on it okay yeah across six data centers that's pretty awesome so i mean like it uh you don't have like horrible drama back there where people are like ah, i fucking hate this guy i can't he only got there because he cheesed his way to the top nothing like that no, like it's it's like I mean everyone's kind of on their own adventure, so it's mm -hmm. you know whatever whatever I do really has no effect on what a, what the other person does, you know. Um, I mean, you, I guess I guess in my intros and you know you're watching us do it, so I guess in theory it maybe has some, some slight effect, but in essence, you know, my run is just not going to be your run. It's just going to be a completely different run. We both enter at the same time. We're going to have completely different runs. So mm -hmm. whatever I decide has would have essentially no no effect on whatever the other person does. So that's why I think it's it's really separated in that. Um, yeah, you compete against each other because of that leaderboard with the high scores and stuff, but it's still very RNG in that factor. Um, you just won't get the same run at all, so it's it's difficult to just be like, you know, just kind of like jab at someone because it's just not the same. You're not just doing a one-to-one -one comparison. It's not like clearing an ultimate and then 10 people say, oh, you got carried or something. Mm. <laughs> this seemed pretty differently. Um, okay. And they're pretty helpful. I really like the community so far. That's good. That's good. Um, I don't know. I, I I never related any kind of toxicity that might exist there in in that community. But maybe one day, you know, you hit too many people in a community. Eventually, you're gonna have some really shitty people in a corner uh, throwing sure. shit, shit the entire time. But uh, true. But this goes for like one v one stuff. Mm. Like you can't have someone toxic, but if they're not. If they're not doing well, they only have themselves to blame. And I think that filters more people out because it's like you can blame the server and you can blame this and that. But everyone knows you just, you know, you're doing that. You know, you can't blame your teammates in 1v1 pal in what, uh, solo Palace of the Dead or mm -hmm. HOH. There's no one to blame except yourself. You can blame the RNG, but you can only do that for so long. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's talk about like player skill in general for going into this content. Uh, if someone was getting in there, uh, what, what are some of the things they could learn and know how to do to have uh, a more successful run? Uh, either one, Heaven a High or Palace of the Dead. Uh, you need to arm and arm up. So you need the in kind of the in in game mode gear leveled up initially. Um, and the hard one is getting also the regen potions, both in Palace and Heaven on High. Mm. Getting uh, the sustaining and the that that usually is the little bit more of the annoying part because you have to have a, a large stock to even consider going far in a solo because if you just run out then you're just you're probably just going to die because you just need those potions running almost the entire time outside of that it just becomes just learning the game mode progging it understanding the mechanics and just yeah just getting in there and just trying it out so okay if you're bringing in four people i've had people with zero ether armor clear it um if you mm -hmm. have an experienced player to guide them 
Um, I've heard a lot of horror stories of people trying to pug to 100 HOH and Palace of the Dead 200. I pugged and it went great, but I was in Discord and we were working it out and stuff. And there's just some, there's a, there's like guidelines that uh, if you follow the guidelines, you don't really need to know what anything does. You just need to be prepared. What happens if everyone's wiping? You're going to do this. If you can't do that, you do this, you know? Um, don't run around and sprint into the middle of rooms on floor 71 in HOH because you're, if you hit a luring trap on one of those floors, it's going to be very painful, you know? I've heard of people pretending traps don't exist. They don't know that you hug the wall. Um, people think it takes... I've heard people say it takes way too long to get your ether pool up. Well, your ether pool, if you're just doing the checkpoint and doing those 10 floors, even if you don't get every silver chest, if you just grab them when you when you bypass them, you can get that way up. Once it turns yellow, I believe the chance of a silver upgrading your ether armor or weapon goes down. Once that happens, mm-hmm. I just I'm like, you're ready. Let's go to max max level. But it doesn't even have to be that high. The other day I did a I think I was 71, 65 and I was 99, 99 by the end of it. We just spent the extra time to grab the silvers on our way up. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think with an experienced player, it kind of helps out, too. Um I think if you go in with literally, like, say, four people that are completely new, you may want to have a little bit of background legwork. I don't know, Farrah, if you've ever taken in someone with, like, literally zero, zero. But I think I went in one time on one of my alt characters with, like, I think, like, 10, 10. And I think I got up to Heaven on High, the 80 boss, and it was, like, one-shotting me because of the <laughs> AoE. Because they're so low. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Guess I need a little bit. But then I had I was running with people who knew what they were doing, so that was okay with me. Um, and the group was okay with that. But it was interesting to see kind of the output of damage with low arm and armor. Um, but if you're not running with people, at least one or two people who know what they're doing, it could get a little treacherous if literally none of you are geared up inside the game mode. I would say if you have the time, though, that is actually really fun to prog it blind. Yes. I progged Palace with a guide. But eight, when HOH hit, I had a friend, and I sat outside of the entrance and slash shouted, and said, looking for a couple gamers to do this. Um, we might use Discord, have like 12 hours free, preferably have some savage experience so you know what you're getting into. We got in Discord. I made two good friends that day. It was a blast. We just went all day until we cleared. Wow. Uh, it was. And it brought me back because there's not a lot of content in this game that... This is actually an issue that's in the game in general. I won't get too deep into it, but this game has a lot of matchmaking content, so people don't know how to network or socialize or say, hey guys, I've literally shouted in Limza before when a Q dies and I get people together. Um, They don't know how to just say, hey, who wants to do this? Just to a bunch of strangers and be like, let's see what happens. Let's go, you know, let's go on an adventure, you know? I I have very fond memories of blind running HOH when it hit. That was one of my biggest disappointments of of no deep dungeon this expansion was. It's a real... It's a trip to go in there blind when it first comes out, seeing the giant roamers and all these new things. You don't know what's going on. SC puts a lot of work into those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's You just look at something and you just don't know if it's going to obliterate you, but you have to try it because you have no other option. <laughs> that was the fun part of, of progging initially. Um, we, I mean, you know, we have a lot of guides now, but back in when we were first doing it, we had no one to go to. We just had to literally just look at it and be like, oh, see what happens. And then there's your there's your information right in front of you. So that's that's a lot of fun doing I it. I can't stress enough how scary it is when you're fighting a mob and it stays alive and it does a new cast and you don't know what it is. Yep. Like when I first saw a griffin cast Winds of Winter, which obliterates everyone around it pretty much. 
uh, I was like, what's Winds of Winter? And then our tank, I just said, Pop hollowed. He hollowed. We all died except him. There's just these unique moments where you just don't know what's there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's kind it's kind of like doing the um, BA or the 48 man savage blind where people don't know what's going on. It's just really scary because it's so punishing if you wipe. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it it's, does edge on that kind of uh, you don't know until you know. So it's like gotcha stuff. And so it, it feels if you're going in there, you can't like use a lot of skill <laughs> to figure out. Like stuff that you haven't experienced with. I mean, it does t- take uh, um, is a part of it, but I mean, like in the end, you don't know if something is going to happen until you experience it, and if it just instantly kills you, there's no way for you to recover. Uh, so there is I that side. Of it. That there, well, you think about that and you counter it, right? So, um, for example, if you don't know what something does on a high floor, send your tank at it, stand really far away, and watch what it does, and have him just hit his cooldowns. Hmm. And if you see him, if you see a nuclear bomb go off in that direction, then you know that you need to kill it fast <laughs> after a while. Um, that's what I did. Lying was, you know, you use common sense. You know, if if you think some, if you know that there's stuff that enrages, if you know there's things with ridiculous range cleaves, um, you know, gazes, you you have an idea of all the mechanics in the game, all the hmm. basic mechanics. You play around them and you outrange the mobs. You stand around a corner. You let someone just test to see what it does. That's what you do in actual prog too. Um, people did that in the forty-eight man also. They oh, sent us yeah. like a light party in to just test the boss and see what it did and see the mechanics. So if you use common sense, you don't stick four people on top of each other on a new mob, and you know then you can prog it blind. Okay, okay, okay. And by the way, it's it's unguided, right? Or guideless. That's the term, right? are because we're, we're changing that terminology right pharaoh oh well i, f- I forgot <laughs> it's it's a hard one it's a real hard one for me man that's like one of the hardest ones that i have but i'm trying I'm well trying. they took a tag away people know what i mean yeah. people know i'm not being insensitive uh, so I, i'm I, just i guess i'm just trusting people to not take my words into a, the wrong context i wish uh, but anyways, that's one of the ones that I've been trying to work around because there's no unguided means you still could. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, first experience, you know, no, I don't know. It's such a difficult word to play uh, with in the MMO world. Maybe, no dev. huh? No, maybe dev or I don't know. <laughs> LOS run, <laughs> no hand holding, uh, LOS line of sight run. Yeah. Okay. So unguided. Don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I get it. I get it. I think that that is where a lot of fun comes in for most people who play this game that want to be like kind of on the edge of everything. Um, and it, it's one of those situations to where uh, figuring out that puzzles off. For example, E12S P2 is so much easier than P1 if you know it, right? Yeah. So getting that challenge and being able to take that in is such a wonderful experience if you could find other people to go through it with you. And you can't really do that in Savage Rating past week one. Um, I think it, most people right now, uh, you could probably get some people, to, four people together, be like, oh, I don't know anything about mm-hmm. it, and jump in there and have that experience together. Um, because I, good. I would encourage people, to if they haven't done Deep Dungeon, to just get three friends and just try it completely. Completely unguided and just go in there because mm-hmm. 
All you need to do is stay, have a tank, a healer, a couple DPS, maybe one that can raise. Stay mm -hmm. generally spread out. Be ready to LOS things. Have your pomanders ready. Witching if something's enraging, you know. There's re-raisers in there. You use them at high levels. It auto-raises someone if they die. That's what you use for prog. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun if you blind... I'm sorry, if you unguided run that mm -hmm. content. We just gotta work on it, Farrah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... I had this whole... I won't go into it. I guess that's a whole nerd topic. It's, it, is, it is a lot of stuff that we don't, like, think about. <laughs> that apparently it exists somewhere. And I don't know if that was ever something that anyone ever really was offended by. It's just... I think a growth uh, that people are trying to push for. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. Uh, but anyways, back to this, back to this. So learning these, these, the whole experience of going in there and just, I think the, the main message is to get in there and do it and kind of see what it's like. And then you'll start being able to get an idea of what you need to to learn and do you, you get that through experience uh it's a little bit much to focus on what you need to learn before you even experience it that yeah just get in there that's all it is sorry okay i think what does lose people is they get bored of the lower floors and they don't go fast enough and they don't know that once you have high ether pool high ether armor you can split everyone up scour rooms healers can everyone can solo um if someone dies okay you learned a lesson go raise them real quick and then keep going and especially for palace of the dead if you take a long time on every 10 floors in palace it's gonna take you ages to get to the more interesting floors for four players um you don't even need four people in there you could trio it i've taken some people their first time trio I did a three scholar one once just for fun and it, it worked. You can make it work. You can be creative. You can it's it's very wide open content that you can clear. You do have precautions. Um if you're doing really high floors without a tank, you should probably have a bunch of Empyrean potions, which okay. is very valuable. I'm glad they added those to deep to palace because it started without them. Mm -hmm. Um so you know, you get pot shards, so you grab brown chests and you get the pot shards, you get those, and then you can go without a tank if you want. Um, you can change roles every time you attempt it. Oh, I want to play this job now. Do this one. Have fun, you know? Um, and it's... It, I lost my train of thought. No, it's fine. Nope. <laughs> but, I, but, I mean, where we're kind of going here is that, like, uh, I, I think that's interesting what you said about the whole them going in and splitting up. If someone gets killed by stuff, does it like stay aggroed on your party or is it only on that one person? It's just on them. Um, aggro is not like, it's not like a raid. It's like a dungeon where if someone aggroes something, you don't do any heals. This is how you test stuff blind. At the... <laughs> <laughs> this is how you <laughs> test stuff. Guideless at the high floors is you, you do, you do that. You yeah. send a guinea pig. Um, this is actually most people who, have encountered this content probably just grinded the checkpoint which i think is and i'm saying this after having done it for years mm. probably some of the most boring content in the entire game mm. um to just endlessly do those 10 easy floors over and over and over again and i think they don't really know how much fun the content can be if they go to the higher floors before i even knew about those higher floors i just assumed it was just as easy all the way to the end i didn't know it actually turned into four man savage light <laughs> as you got to the higher stuff um and 
if you if you do those queues, you'll see there's people that some if you have a gamer party, they'll all split. I've seen this on Elemental a lot. You'll have like three machines and they all split up and they every floor has to be done in 50 seconds. And and then you'll get a party. I saw these more on other data centers where everyone is clearing every mob and possibly site. Every floor is taking, you know, seven minutes, eight minutes and people start fighting each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Speed is generally makes it more tolerable. I'm not going to get into, you know, if you should be mean or not to people. I'm generally in the middle. I'm generally neutral, but uh, you grab silvers for people and stuff in there and you split up and they split up because it's fast. And if you treat uh, your your climb like that to a degree, once you start seeing things auto and obliterate you and stuff, you're going to go, OK, let's slow down. Let's let's do duos or let's stay as a light party together because this mm-hmm. stuff is hitting like a truck. And then you just learn as you go. And that's how you do it. Okay. It's uh, more tolerable. You can't do it really slow in the easy floors. No, yeah, I, I get that. Um, okay, so let's... Angelus, you've been doing this for for a while. So sure. over the time that you've been doing it, what are some things that, you know, maybe big discoveries you know how speedrunners like they're going through content that something new gets discovered and it like completely changes like routing and everything else they do has there been anything like that for any of the deep dungeon i think um initially when when we were when we were just doing just red mage only i think the people who were brave enough to try the other jobs just started to open the door because i think with this content in particular i mean if you see like like basically actual evidence of someone doing it on something that you kind of run with it and be like, oh, I guess I guess it's doable. Um, and that's what took a while for Red Mage too, because people it was essentially impossible until someone just did it. And then now you started then you started to see that kind of snowball of people just, oh, okay, well Red Mage pulled it off, let's all do it on Red Mage. But then you started to see people being brave enough to try it in other jobs and you started to see that start to that wall start to break and it opened up all of these new possibilities. So that was definitely one of the bigger ones. Because because unless someone actually just gone out and tried it, everyone would just say no, it's impossible because it hasn't been done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, until now, when you have literally every job that cleared it, and I think the other one was the the the, find, the discovery of the high score, because that was such a huge mystery uh, for a long time. Because dude, they never told us anything about how to do score. A lot of a lot of it was a pure mystery. You would just get at the scorecard, you would just get um, your kill count and then a score. Um, you made assumptions, like I assume, like intuition, getting the the yellow beam on the ground gave you points. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a halfway thing that I was thinking, like okay, maybe if you go fast or something, but that seemed inconsistent. And then when 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 the community member um, figured out all these little details, you started to see how insane the amount of things were that you could do that can open the score. And I remember when when he showed up and, and posted that I, I had a tw- I had a conversation with him on Twitter, he posted in my chat, and we had someone who's who's really, really good at solo give it a shot and immediately saw the results. We're like, oh crap, this is real. And it's incredible because you have, you know, on the surface you think you just get a lot of kills and you go it, but you wouldn't think of actually doing a literal speed run, you get extra points. Stepping on traps, you lose points. Opening chests, um, doing certain other things, um, in that respect, all gets points. Getting to all of the rooms in the in the map gives you points. Like all of these little tiny details that all come into it, and then you get into this process of actually optimizing a high score run. And that, and like like I said earlier, that completely changes your entire run. Even if you're doing it in a party or solo, you approach it completely differently. It, it becomes like just a just an optimized run because everything matters. Every time, every every second you step in there will matter because you have to maximize your time. You have to maximize how many kills there are. You have to make sure you kill the boss in time if you're going to do the speed run. Um, 
So that was kind of, I would say, revolutionary because now people will, now you have a section of people who are just focusing on the clear. I just want the title. I'm good to go. And you have another facet of people who are like, no, I'm going to go in there like dozens and dozens of times trying to up my score. Just mm -hmm. getting and, and, and in that fashion, like a clear doesn't, is not even like important. Like, oh, I got the clear, but what's my score? That's all I care about. It's like, we. it's almost like you've gone beyond this, this whole thing of just, I just want a title clear. You're, you're, you're already assuming you get a clear. You just hope you get a high score. There's right. the company part of it, it so it's kind of like ff logs in a you sense clear, right? yeah. you start get going for those logs and hiring your score the mm -hmm. only like officially supported like <laughs> ranking uh i guess you could say outside of pvp uh so you got to figure out how to work i mean is that they have ranking for i haven't visited loans crafting in a while they they have <laughs> They have a uh, ranking for grand companies, or not grand companies, uh, PVP uh, with front lines. They have a ranking for that, right? Then free companies, too. Which yep, I never understood how any of that really worked. And do people actually go for those rankings? Complete tangent. Um, I, I don't I, know. I, I mean, for, when you look at it, sometimes it kind of looks like they do. Some of those, some of those like grand company seals per week are... I don't even know how it's possible. Like what, like two million, three million? I don't even know how you can create that much in a week, but it seems like it, kind of. That's crazy. But this one actually feels like there's something like substance to it. Like you have to try uh, an achievement. And it's a solo thing. It's the only thing that you could really do as solo and be on a, a scoreboard, right? Well, there's there's like two feet. Well, well, initially there's kind of two thoughts to it. First was just getting getting the clear because mm -hmm. in the early days getting a clear was just I mean you're on the board period, but it also gives you the date and time in which you got it. So that gives you almost like this evidence of like here this is when I did it. And you know in in the early times you would also be like the evidence of like oh I was like this person that cleared it in this date, and that would be kind of irrefutable because you just look at all the dates and you just be like oh that's the one that's the most the oldest date. But now it's starting to become it is starting to evolve into high score because certain certain jobs the the top like it shows the top 25 of each of each job mm -hmm. certain jobs the top 25 are all clears so if, if you want to get your name on the board you just have to get a high score and that's gonna i think be something that will start to show up in the future because people will look at it you know they'll get their clear but then they're gonna be like oh i didn't make it to the board how do i get how do i get on the board and then you start investigating oh i gotta get the high score so if that matters to you that might become something that that is your goal to actually do that hmm. I think going for if I can get people interested, I think going for four player scores might be fun someday as well. <sighs> See, this is the thing that I wish they did though. Is I, I hope they do is that they separate um, the duo, the trio, and the and the four man because it's all clumped into this party. Yeah. And from my understanding, um, you if if you're gonna go for a high score party, it has to be a two man. You you cannot. Really? Yeah, it has to be. There is a multiplier that kicks in with the amount of people that you have. So if you if you take a look at the boards, you'll see that the solo scores will be the highest scores you'll ever see, period, compared to the party. So if someone maximizes their their solo score, it'll just be the highest, period. Um, and then if you go two-man, there's a multiplier that kicks out or lessens, um, and a two-man will just get a higher score more than a... Like, if, you, if, if two people do exactly the same thing as a four-man, the two-man will just get a higher score by nature because it's just multiplied by that much. Hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I can tell you with Heaven on High, Heaven on High for sure, doing it as a two-man, you will accomplish a ton in Heaven on High. You will be almost fully optimized that probably a four-man can equal what a two-man can do if you really, really go hard. So you're almost never going to be a higher score on a four-man. Um, 
yeah, that it, and and that's why it sucks because yeah, you can take a four man, but you'll just kind of concede the fact that you just won't beat a a, a super optimized two man because you're just suffering from the from that point loss. How do you even read a four man leaderboard? Because some of these have two players you can't. with the same ranking. It's just side side. the scores go together. So if you clear with a four man, then you'll just see the same score times four for the people. Um, well, so yeah, that's the top just one on Elemental right now is just one person. Do the other two like delete their character or something? Um, it's kind of similar with with all the other scores. If you yeah, if you delete the character, if you move servers, um, it will kill your scores. Oh really? no! Yes. So that's same PvP. PvP. If you move servers, your your rating is 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 gone. So that's the sure, same yeah. with that's the same with um um deep dungeon. Even also, if you move, yeah, they're gone. Yeah, they're just gone. And also, if you if you happen to do it in a different world, so if if let's say let's say my main is Cactuar, if I do if I'm in a party with someone on like on like uh, Gilgamesh, my score won't show up because it has to be on your home. You have to do it on your home world. Well. I mean, I guess the good thing to look at is it's really easy to prep an alt just to do palace. You just need to do copper bell mines. Yeah, yeah you do it on free trial. So, I've been doing it on alts. I, I am uh, curious then, because that makes me. I'm actually concerned, because I did some uh, PvP on Gilgamesh, and I got some ranking on that, and I moved servers since then. Did I lose all those scores from back then? Ah. That would suck. Mm-hmm. I, I swear, I, I swear, my score stayed up there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to think about it right now because that would kind of depress me a little bit. PvP <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh, well, I still got my mount. Titles away too. I think with beasts, it saves it, so I think it wouldn't delete because that's just kind of a snapshot. But but because lodestone is and and the scores are dynamic. Um, and it always changes every day. Mm. That's, I think, why it would just get erased if you if you swap over. Okay. So it's essentially it's essentially like a live rating that you have with with deep dungeon scores. Uh, okay. 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 So finally, looking at the at Gaia, the top score for party is a duo, but it took several data centers for me to actually find a duo. There's a lot of trios on here. Oh, there's some other duos. I see. Hmm. That's weird. Okay, so there's not really four mans. It's a bunch of duos and trios. Yeah, it's it's just because of that multiplier. It, it's uh, I don't know what the number is, but there is just a multiplier that kicks in with less and less people. And then if you're optimizing full, um, I mean, if a two man can do what a four man can do, then just by default you're just gonna get better on a two man. Duoing is really fun though. It's tough. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been duoing more than soloing because it's really good practice for solo, but you also have a buddy to do it with. So it's like, hey, you just ask your one buddy. When you know no one else is online, you ask your one buddy, hey, you want to do a duo? It's really fun. It's really <laughs> fun. It, now you're co-oping. Now you're playing a little co-op game together, and it's not as you don't need a light party even. Mm-hmm. You could be a couple, I, machinist, machinist, machinist ninja, or red mage, or something, or one tank and one DPS, and it's that's really addictive in itself. Yeah, my experience with a duo is that you almost treat it like a solo, because like things you wouldn't pull solo, you probably still don't want to pull duo. I mean, you could, but it's it gets dangerous. Um, or, you, or rather, you would know the risk of doing something like that, and it could still kill both of you, even with even with experienced players. So it, it gives you the close feel of a solo, which is really nice. 
um, that's that's one reason I personally like duos too. They're they're a ton of fun because the challenge is still strong, very strong. It, it, you can't just like face roll over it with a duo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh no, I would say a trio is more close to a four man mm -hmm. where it's chill and you can blow it up. But duo is like bobs are still going to cast their things generally. Um, you need to know what to steal or you're going to get blown up. Uh, you know, if your buddy dies, you could very well die very fast after them if you don't know what you're doing. So, yeah, duoing is actually really addictive. I love it. Okay. Okay. Uh, but in, you know, uh, to keep that perspective, we should probably have them all split up. Duo, trio, four-man, uh, and solo on the leaderboards because there's no reason not to. I, I would think that it's such an easy thing for them to fix. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, I guess the I only... Sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think... I remember SC, someone told me they said this. I didn't see it myself, so I don't know if it's true, but I was told that they said they were surprised by the interest in Deep Dungeon. Yes. Um, hmm. They will probably look at these scores and see, and they probably would notice, okay, there's a bunch of duos and trios on here. So, I guess the, the big issue is that they would have to figure out some way to uh, adjust that going forward. Like, they can't go back... Um, because then if they like suddenly split it up right then people who are ranked high or I, I don't know just it it goofs up the rankings for what it was before and so i think maybe they might avoid it in that reason for that rationality but maybe why why not just make seasons right well, well like the thing is though you also had the, the data spender split uh split when that happened the, the score is just essentially just split up into into wherever your servers were so mm. I don't know what what it is on the back end that kind of determines your your party size or whatever it is, but you know that has happened before, I guess. Yeah. You have to also consider this was such niche content for such a long time. I think Angela said it's been a thousand days since Deep Dungeon. Um, yeah, that it was like, did they want to put all this development time into this and this and this? This is probably the communities learned so much more in the time since this stuff came out in the years this come out that SCU would hopefully if they do another one next expansion I'm hoping um, they'll put more of that thought into it mm -hmm. okay I mean a lot of people that come from like wow or something they I've seen this in interviews that Yoshi P has been asked about you know harder dungeons scored dungeons and stuff this is the closest thing you're gonna get to it so I would like to at least see them put more attention toward the seasons would be really neat yeah, and I and me when I'm diving down the directory sometimes just to see if anyone's just randomly running deep dungeon. I've seen a handful of people. I I, I go into their stream and their description is that kind of hardcore, like they're like a like a speedrunner of like multiple games and they're just trying this for the challenge. Like you know, they're they're actually looking at this because they want the challenge, solo challenge or or in a party. But a lot of them are doing it solo, which is very interesting. Like looking at their background, it's like oh, they're they're literally here because they think this is hard and they want to try it. They're coming from other games. Cool. Yeah, other games. Yeah, um, I think a couple of them were like you know kind of what you would expect in like a like a speedrun community. Like they're speedrunners of, of of the variety of games, something you'd see on like a like a game stone quick or something to that effect. But they they look at this and like yeah, I want to try this challenge because it's cool. And with Palace, it's interesting because I mentioned earlier you, you can do this on a free trial. You you literally don't have to spend money to do this on a free on 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 um in the game mode, which is pretty neat. So you can actually get challenged by this and just play it for free, which hmm. is. Great. Yeah, that is someone mentioned, Go ahead. Someone mentioned that there's no ultimate, so you've seen a lot of deep dungeon runners lately. 
And that actually accidentally brings me to thinking how this you're stuck sink down in this content. So in a way, it is kind of like similar that it's always a permanent challenge just sitting there in game, this vast, really high challenge if you want to solo it. So it's always, in that way, relevant challenging content. They're not going to add Echo to Deep Dungeon or let you outgear it. No. No. Yeah, the only time it's changing is when the when the expansion comes in. They do you know job ability adjustments, all that like 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 how they adjust the tanks and stuff. That's really the only massive change you massive change you'll see in Deep Dungeon. Um, but outside of that, it's it's pretty much it's pretty much um, stuck in time because it really won't change unless they directly go into it and adjust something directly. I mean, that's not out of the normal for them to like say, all right, well, this is a little ridiculous. Let's change it a little bit. Um, didn't they change Deep Dungeon when there was only one Necromancer clear? Like, didn't they do something to it to nerf it a little bit? Or am I imagining that? Yeah. Um, from what I remember, there is a little bit of a damage um, decrease. You do get hit a lot. Not a lot, but but noticeably, at least when you compare the numbers, you do get hit less than you did back in Heaven's Ward than you do now. Mm-hmm. Um, that did get weird, though, when they were adjusting Vitality from Stormblood to Shadowbringers. And they have made, uh, and the other big update I, I would say is when in Shadowbringers you're now able to interrupt mimics, which you didn't weren't able to prior to. You just every job just had to take the pox and the and the that ten minute debuff. But now jobs that have, which is the tanks and 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 the range DPS, can basically go through a run without taking a single pox, which is pretty damn big. Yeah. Um, and they and they directly patch that in, which is which is to me interesting that they even looked at Deep Dungeon like, hey, we should change this like one little thing. Um, so that was. Very interesting on that front. Because I was, yeah. I remember uh, mimics when I was doing it back in the day, and I was just like, "This is so stupid." You know, you just click on something, you're like, "Well, I'm I'm punished automatically. There's no way to get out of it. You're just punished uh, for clicking on a chest." And so it made you not want to open chest at all. But if you have a solution to it, then maybe it's not not so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that right there was a that right there was a big misconception too with strategies is that you don't open chests, but they're the ones that give you the victory, so you have to open chests. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying, Pharaoh? Uh, I was going to say one of the biggest things that was added was sustaining pots that people were in chat are pointing out mm. that I mentioned earlier is this content was stupid to solo when it first hit, and I thought it was impossible. I was like, how would you even begin to do this? Only stor- only uh, Heaven Sword summoners were trying it. I think they were using Titan Eggy, Eggy to tank for them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so bad. It was really hard. And I was watching people try and do it. I was like, this is impossible. So the sustaining pot, even with sustaining pots, it's still really scary content. But uh, that was, I think, the main thing that mm-hmm. they had that made it possible. Because you can actually ta- barely live through stuff now um, on like a DPS or something. So uh, what does and- a sustain pot do just for people like me? Well, I'm mousing over it. Grants the effect of rehabilitation to yourself for 15 seconds. Recast 15 seconds. So it heals you at permanently as long as you hit it every 15 seconds. Okay. And it's a pretty nice regen. And things at high floors, like you're talking about mimics. The mimics hit worse and worse the higher you go. I don't know if there's... Angelus would know about the scaling and stuff, but they hit so hard. There's crits in this content since it is uh, Heaven Sword Stormblood content. One of those things crits you, you don't have a steal, you're on a DPS job, you're losing, you know, 60% of your HP or something crazy, or even worse if it's uh, a modified floor. And that lets you kind of kite, and there's a there's a whole 
kiting meta around those mimics and just dealing with mimics solo is really interesting. Mm. Whenever anything stops to cast, for example, it's not autoing you. That's good. Um, or having steals on hand. There's a lot of ways to prepare. With a party, you would simply have your tank grab it and then cycle. You'd have a mid and then everyone cycles silences. It's very important later in Palace is to always have a silence off cooldown before you open a chest. Or at least coming off cooldown soon. So you deal with them. And that's a mimics are a big part of uh, Deep Dungeon. I used to think of that as one of the many mobs. That's like a vital point of the uh, one of the main challenges is dealing with mimics. What if you get a mimic, you open the mimic, you get another mimic, you open the mimic, you get another mimic after you kill it. You just keep getting these Russian doll mimics and stuff. <laughs> um, I've, there's a lot of play around chests. Something that wasn't mentioned yet is... Um, Something I learned watching Angelus is you you know Silver Chest can be a bomb, so you pull a mob to it and then pop it to blow up the mob and do plays like that. You do plays with bombs on the ground. You gr you grab a bunch of mobs. You pull them onto a floor trap that's been revealed that you know is a bomb trap, and then you, you nuke them with that. So there's a lot of actually really big brain stuff people do to play around that. And you don't. I didn't realize how technical it was. It seems like BSRNG until you see the way people deal with it. Okay, I didn't know you could move mobs on the traps. To be honest with you, uh, well, you pop it on the trap, but you trigger the trap, and it will affect the affect the uh, enemy. Oh, mm -hmm. okay, okay. So you trigger it. You can you move fast enough to avoid the effect, or do you have to take the effect usually as well? Depends on the job. Some jobs um, in Heaven on High, Black Mage, and Ninja in particular. Ninja, you can actually teleport Sakuchi past the landmine and actually trigger it, but not actually hit you. Mm -hmm. A Black Mage can do the same thing. Um, can ley lines if you drop a ley lines really far and you go right in front of a, a landmine and then you between the lines you can actually trigger and not take damage while you're zooming um, back it'll trigger it? yep because mm -hmm. there's like a slight delay so like you'll get back to your position but then the landmine goes off but you're not in that position so you can get enemies that way rescue if you're in a party if you rescue someone past the landmine that will work too so you can do plays like that on a, on a party member so yeah jeez <laughs> There's a lot of weird stuff in this frosty. If you haven't seen like, tell me, tell me one some more weird stuff. Tell me some more weird stuff. Uh, well, Angelus could tell you about, a lot about how crazy it is to have sleep available in your party. Yeah, sleep is pretty OP. Um, because because you don't. I mean, I don't even know what you use sleep for like outside of really deep dungeon much. Um, but a lot of things in deep dungeon can be slept. And one of the one of the interesting, um, things that get involved in here, it, which which is one of the one of the recent clips I had was that. Um, you can de-aggro things in, in Deep Dungeon. You just have to get really far away. And, and, the, and the distance you need is, is like two rooms. So if like, you're looking at the squares, you need two rooms away. So if you keep something CC back two rooms away and you, and you run that far away, you will de-aggro something, which is huge. Because then if it's on you, it's you know, not, not there anymore. Otherwise, it'll just chase you down forever. Um, and that, that is kind of, that's kind of a little bit of old school MMO knowledge, if you will, that, you know... Um, if you're just far enough, something just gives up. Or like, you know, some some MMOs just have like that range that you just get far enough out of their range, they'll give up. But that was a little bit more old school where, you know, they could essentially be anywhere on the map. It's just you just have to be far enough and they'll eventually give up. Um, so stuff like that comes to play. Sleep, that's where the that's where the crowd control is pretty key because you can definitely... I mean, one of the things that tends to surprise people is when you bind something. Because I do it very rarely, but that can buy you a lot of space to heal up and stuff. And, not, and you don't... Like not everything binds, but when you can bind something, that's just free time that you have to heal yourself up. And you know you're typically not using that really anywhere outside per se. So stuff like that comes comes. That's where the full kit comes into play. 
Okay. Okay. So it's just another a... thing. Go ahead. Uh, this is not job specific, but it's related. Every mob has its own rules on what CC works on it. Uh, mm. I don't know if there's any two CC that always share the same modifier. Like if something can't get slept, that means it can never be stunned, for example. But there's mobs that can that resist stun. There's mobs that resist uh, slow. There's mobs that resist sleep. There's mobs that resist interrupt on certain on their casts. You know, something that is a giant circle that you could interrupt on one mob doesn't mean this giant circle you can interrupt, which means you just need to be prepared to deal with it in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, and everything having its own resistances means there's also a learning curve to it on what you need to know what you can actually use on what to, to get away from it. Yeah, and essentially trying to keep track of that <clears throat> as you're doing the run is also part of the challenge too, because you have a variety of enemies that you know everyone does something different. And that's part of the challenge, just remembering everything all at once. And if something goes wrong, to immediately remember what are your options and to hopefully, you know, decide the correct the correct path on that. So how well do you need to know the mobs overall going through this? I mean, knowledge is power. So <laughs> I mean I mean you I mean it's possible for someone to get through if they're like they don't know much. I mean you can clear that way. Mm -hmm. Um in my end, I personally want to know as much as possible. So you can take advantage of certain you know the the game the game mechanic features you can take advantage of you know the exploding traps and everything um but yeah it's that yeah, it's simply it's knowledge is power having more knowledge will will definitely give you just a lot more options to play with when you see a when you see something happening in my opinion mm -hmm. so it's because uh, i'm thinking about this and like if you go through like a normal dungeon you don't care what affects any of the mobs at all you, you have no care you're just like whatever bunch them in the group and AOE as much as hard as you can. Uh, but having it, having every single mob have different ways that you can attack it and address it is actually really Final Fantasy, uh, if you think about it. Because when you're playing Final Fantasy in the old uh, RPGs and everything else, you know, you each mob will have some sort of different way that you can tackle it. They take extra fire damage. They take extra ice damage. I don't... That's not the same here. But, I mean, like, you can sleep them here you could sleep them you could do other kinds of cc with them uh do you i don't know if this is in deep dungeon but if you heal like undead does it hurt them no that can't no be that. that's uh, not in that's not in 14 um there is i would probably it? say it sorry the holy damage in palace oh that's true the resolution when you are yeah that's that's a special case um because you get you get a you get a pomander called resolution, which turns you into an angel, and you do have uh, enemies that are that are basically categorized well, in game. They're categorized as Ashkin, but a lot of people just say undead. And if you use the angel pomander, you can do bonus damage because they are undead and they're taking holy damage. Mm, okay, um, and that can come into play tremendously too. Um, and then to follow up also with with all those little details, um, and you referenced an old MMO, you also have to concern yourself about aggro types. So you have enemies that. Aggro to sight, aggro to sound, aggro to proximity, and you can handle them differently. I mean, you can if you know something aggro to sight, you can walk directly behind them without having to concern yourself because you know they're not going to see you. Um, if you, if something is sound, you can just RP walk past them and not aggro them. Period. Mm -hmm. um, and having that knowledge is also good because otherwise, if you don't have the knowledge, you're just going to look at every enemy that they're going to aggro you like, oh, they're just going to hit me. But knowing that what they aggro can come into play as well. So I gotta say that blew my mind. I didn't even know some of that was in the game until I started doing Deep Dungeon. That there are mobs you can RP walk right in front of without touching them, and they will not aggro you. And you need to know which mobs 
what the ag so you need to know what the cc is but you also need to know the aggro type because all the time you'll see soloers like angelus just rp walk certain mobs that they don't have to fight and i've had runs almost destroyed because we're just walking and then we we grab three you know enemies that are you know worms or something that have th uh we could have just rp walked past a lot of the bugs and palace and stuff but there's also mobs that just have the don't palace mimics have ludicrously huge 360 aggro yeah it's it's ridiculously big mm -hmm. so so when you use an alteration and the next floor creates either a i don't know what the compound is a it's these things that die in one hit and it's Take just me yeah they have a very high loot drop or it creates a room of active mimics and in palace they're just stupid hmm. but they're easy no you can't get past them you need to you know you need to deal with that i did see something in chat saying blood aggro i don't what's blood aggro so blood aggro would be if your hp is lower now this is interesting because there was like one enemy in particular in palace which were the ghosts that i believed were blood aggro and I swore that I got aggroed by because they're normally sound. So if you walk past them, it should be fine. But there are cases where um, I'd be walking past them, but my HP isn't full, and I totally aggroed. Um, but some people have been giving a little bit of conflicting um, kind of results to that. So I'm unsure. But but yeah, those like that was that one very specific enemy that I think did have a blood aggro. But blood aggro shows up in Eureka. That's the thing in Eureka big time. Um, There's no cast aggro. Right? Because I know there's cast aggro in Eureka. Yeah, not in Deep Dungeon. No cast aggro. That would be horrible. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be cool. Hope maybe on the next one. <laughs> that'd be, that'd yeah, be horrible. Rip, oh, that'd be cool. Rip Red Mage. That is something SC would do. Uh, if, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we would know immediately because, you know, the, since we did a lot of Red Mages, we would know right away if there was cast aggro on Red Mage, but yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that that's, uh, that's kind of interesting to think of all these different mechanics and how things can be approached and most people who play final fantasy 14 don't think about any of this at all this is all like new concepts to them uh maybe because they haven't played old mmos or they don't understand it but it's kind of cool seeing and going through all this and uh just nostalgia just overtakes and that's what final fantasy is to be honest with you it's just nostalgia sure uh, Every game is just nostalgia constantly over and over. We're trying to add some new story or something else to it. Um, I haven't played a lot of Final Fantasies, but play I played a lot of older MMOs. Like mm. I didn't play WoW, but I played EverQuest 2, and I played a bunch of other MMOs that came out at the time. And I do have a lot of nostalgia doing this content because it's the only what I call old school-ish. Mm -hmm. Old school-esque, where you have to use these, like I said earlier, dungeon crawl fundamentals, where you need to kind of know what everything does. Still fun to blind run, but you kind of need to. It doesn't seem mechanically intense, but when you put together all of the procedural generation, new mobs every three floors, um, every every ten floors has its own set of three different sets of mobs. The boss, all the pawmanders. When you put it all together, it's this really. It becomes intense, even though nothing is like you know casting a hello world on you. Mm -hmm. I I will say uh, now you say EverQuest two. I remember the big thing, and this tangent of course but whenever quest 2 came out it was so amazing because you could hit slash pizza and then it would go to like a papa john's website or something for i brought that up on stream a lot <laughs> yeah you could slash pizza in game and it would just send it would bill your account that you're subbed to and you would just get a pizza because they already had your address info that was the best marketing <laughs> and they they photoshopped like the main antagonist he's he points his sword at the at the viewer 
and they just photoshopped him holding a pizza box. I don't know why another MMO hasn't done that. I don't know why WoW hasn't done that. Anyone just partner with the pizza company and just slash pizza. Yeah. Yeah, it would make sense to me. Well, I mean, you would have to, like, agree all this stuff and, like, agree this is what you want. Uh, I would they could add a UI to it. You know, they could probably... Why the hell haven't they done that? Like, really big chains? Just add a UI for ordering pizza. You just pops up and you're like, I want a large pizza, pepperoni, all that stuff on there. That was a small game, too. I mean, it was considered successful before WoW changed what people thought of it was successful. It had 200,000 players. EverQuest and it's 2 was like nothing compared to what EverQuest came out with. I mean, EverQuest was like the MMO, the popular MMO back in the day. Uh, yeah. And I have some some experience with it, but I wasn't like super into it when it came out. But yeah, no, it's... Uh... <laughs> It was just funny because I remember that. I remember all the memes that kind of came from that. Uh, actually, I don't even know if memes were a thing back then. All the jokes on the internet back then. Oh, I'm old. Oh. Imagine being born before memes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, anyways. A lot of people probably don't know exactly what I mean when I say old school MMO because I've and all the time I played this game, I've met a lot of people that are um, this is their first MMO. Mm -hmm. Maybe they played some Final Fantasy games. A lot of P a lot of P console players this is their first MMO. Yeah. So it's good to go in depth on this deep dungeon stuff because they don't know about like all the CC heavy CC. It's, everything was tank and spank, really, basically. But it went really hard. It was more like I don't know. It was more like if Diablo was an MMO, but you had hot bars where mobs don't do a lot of things, but you need to know what it does. Mm -hmm. And gear is more important, etc. Yeah, uh, I, I think you know the interesting we're talking about this and pulling all this together because when we're talking about deep dungeon, we are talking about some old school mechanics and and Eureka and like other things. They're trying to implement some kind of old school MMO life into Final Fantasy fourteen because it doesn't work as a business model for an MMO to have the game be old school. They need to adapt to random party ma ma uh, matching things that are easy for people to jump in and out they just need people to be subbed every month it doesn't matter if they spend hours and hours like they used to uh, with mmos because the forefront of mmos before was graphics uh being in a 3d graphic atmosphere that was a huge jump and that i think that's what got everquest so popular uh and you know other things that kind of evolved there um but sorry, going back to this and bringing back these old aspects, I think new players do appreciate it because new players like little challenges, little grindy things that they do. For example, Dark Souls uh, is such a is a new game of sort of I guess uh, it's a newer newer game that people are experiencing and they like it for the difficulty. And I think adding these old school mechanics kind of adds that extra bit of difficulty people don't want to see in their day-to-day -day MMO life, but when they were ready for the challenge, they would go and do it. Um, yeah. Old school MMO is like all these mobs we're talking about. That was just like the overworld of an MMO. Mm -hmm. This game's overworld is very gentle to you. You go into Palace and it's gentle, but once you start getting to the higher floors, you need to know what things do. And that was like just going into a random cave. Old, old MMOs had open dungeons. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you could just walk somewhere in... Fanalan and suddenly you're just going down a hundred floors or two hundred floors. It's like that. It gives that feeling of the crawl, the crawl that's not in the game anywhere else really, unless you count some of the Eureka stuff and the Baja stuff, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so when we're talking about like future terms for uh, Deep Dungeon and everything else, I kind of have a theory. I don't know if maybe, and I haven't, maybe this has been said before or something else, but the next Deep Dungeon is just going to be going back to the first and doing Crystal Tower. It's what I think it's going to be, but I don't know. You think so? Yeah. Because they, they, they don't want to get rid of the first completely, I'm assuming. And they want to give us a reason to go back. And Crystal Tower is a tower, right? Like the the main Crystarium or whatever. Uh, and there's still stuff going on in there. We went in there and did a dungeon in it. Yep. Uh, uh, at some I'm point. So. Gonna I'm going to sound really anti fun here but i always say whenever someone asks me if i can just think about what se might do i always say se do what se want they want to write their own story and put something there they'll do it maybe we'll be going to the space maybe we'll be going to the bottom maybe we're in another dimension it doesn't have to be a tower i mean palace is a hole maybe they're gonna go sideways i don't know yeah one jokes about that you went (laughs) up you went down i gotta go sideways now (laughs) what what would that goes be? Up. Like a spaceship? And maybe. Maybe an Ashian will take heaven on high and put it into Palace of the Dead. Into the into the hole. And then you've got a double dungeon or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I mean, we do expect Inwalkers has to have a deep dungeon uh, add-on at some point. Hopefully it also has PvP, uh... which they said, right? They're going to do something with PvP. Maybe there's something new with it. Go well, on. with Deep Dungeon, what they said in that, in that in one of the recent articles is, like, they're planning it and they're conceptualizing it. But I think what they say, it was, like, based on how everything else was going development-wise, which is weird because then it, it kind of makes me feel like, oh, if things start getting delayed, then I guess that's getting delayed. Um, but I guess if everything stays on schedule, we should more or less see a Deep Dungeon. Um, that was also the same one that... that that they mentioned, like, they were actually surprised by the interest in Deep Dungeon. Those are, like, the same article. So, mm. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. But, again, like, if I start hearing, like, oh, you know, oh, we push back more Ultimate even further, it's like, oh, well, so so does Deep Dungeon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. So it's like, uh, but yeah, we'll see. Like I said earlier, SC do what SC want. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. Every expansion is different. Mm. Um this expansion so every expansion since heaven sword the alternative leveling where you don't need to queue for any current expansion stuff was palace and heaven sword uh hoh in uh stormblood and this expansion is actually baja you can mm-hmm. go in there 71 and level up in there so that's the current alternative oh, level well i guess alternative level eureka oh yeah eureka as well i'm sorry um wait you, did couldn't, it give you, you a- couldn't level up in eureka could you it was like his home old little world yeah, remember. it was literally some of the world, I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, did you get XP outside of it? I don't... Someone will say if you do or not, because you can do it right now. I haven't really done Eureka. I did it to get my tomes up. I call it alternative tome as well, because you get <laughs> you get everything that All you right. want. Okay, you didn't, so... Yeah. Baja is unique in that... And I think they did that because there wasn't a deep dungeon. Um, and they always do it really late in the expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, having on... Eight, I can't remember Palace, but it was way at the end of Heaven Sword. It was um, um the point three five patch that they both got released. So okay, yeah. 3.35, 4.35. And actually, that's where Baja landed. Uh, 5.35 is where Baja got released. Hmm. I remember beating, progging Ultima when it came out. The Ultimate. 
And then when that was done, like a month or two went by or something, and then HOH hit, and that was a blast. Because it, it, for me, that kind of fills the weight for the next Savage. If you do Ultimate really fast, it fills the weight. And I always go back to that every drought. So it's very good content when you can't think of anything else to do. But it's also fun to do all the time. I don't want to make it seem like it's only filler content. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if they do it next expansion, it would probably be 0.35. Mm-hmm. I guess that would make sense. I mean, there, it's not going to be like on the, the release, I don't think. Because the release, uh, when they come out, they have to do like the main content, right? They have to do the story. You got to get through the main story. Everything else, you got to get through Savage. And then after that, you know, they, they start throwing in like extra stuff. Uh, 6.1 and going forward, you'll start seeing that that side content. Which isn't side content for people like Angelus. But it's, you know, it is in the broad scale of what Essie's looking at. That's what they would call it. Well, it's, I mean, as mentioned, its main concept was kind of that level catch-up system midway through. Like, you know, if you're falling behind on jobs, hey, use this one thing to, to bring it all back, maybe prep for the for the next expansion. But, I mean, if they decide to break that route, then it, it would be curious as to the reason why they would do it. Because then, in my mind, it's like the only reason they would break it out of that leveling route is to maybe make it harder, maybe make it more challenging, or maybe have some type of even further competitive, because there would be a, almost no other reason to do it since its main functionality. It's really its main functionality for, for a vast majority of people is to use that as that level catch-up. It just, you know, it was just very, very nice of it to have a rather awesome kind of challenge to it that you can that you can give it to and put so many hours into it, which, you know, you don't even know that was even what they thought was what people would end up doing. Um, mm-hmm. So it, I guess it would still be not out of the realm that they would show it up early. But if, if they decide to break that loop, then yeah, it, it, it might even change conceptually in how it would be uh, done with with just in the game in general. Yeah, okay. There is something I would like to add to that. This is just a little gamer theory but i don't know if you've seen what it's like to solo some of the bosses in palace and hoh but there's a couple that are really intense and have a lot of tech to them um especially behemoth which i don't know if you've seen someone solo behemoth i saw angela's solo that on different jobs that is the scariest shit i've ever seen in my life because it is a <laughs> It is really scary, and you have to have a rotation ready for it, and you have to time everything. And usually when you engage one of those bosses solo, you check your timer, and he's measuring how, how much DPS he's doing each minute to see if he can kill it in time, if he has to pop a pomander. There's always that time thing, but there's also that the boss is actually just going to obliterate you if you don't do it correctly, because one of them has a DPS check at the end of it um, that just utterly obliterates you on certain jobs if you don't burn it, it you have to burn it dead in like how many seconds depends on the job but you have to pretty much kill it within once it starts ecliptic you have like 30 seconds 20 seconds for certain dps jobs tanks can probably go like 40 max if you're weaving in your invulns and everything but it's a it's less than a minute you have to kill it the fact that they put that in 180 is really scary that the boss just stands up and starts spamming ecliptic meteor and that's hp based right yep 80 percent 80% of your hp and he just, what is it, every, he just spams it and does it really fast. And it is, it is the scariest thing. And a lot of people lose their runs there from what I've seen in discords and stuff. And, but what I wanted to say is going into, Essie has evolved a lot with 1v1 or bosses that are in non-rate content. They've done all the Baja 1v1s. Mm-hmm. I, 
I kind of been hoping they'll go kind of ham on at least one of them in the next deep dungeon. Obviously, they wouldn't go too crazy, but I wouldn't put it past uh, SE to say, oh, here you go on, you know, the last boss to <laughs> you have an actual Baja 1v1 level of craziness. Maybe use a pomander for it or something because there's they they actually already have a boss where you have to kind of pomander helps you pound it. I think it's the what is it? The 150 boss, the succubus or something. Or it's a there's a ghost that you can just wreck. Oh, 140 is the one you can cheese. Yeah. So with how much they've evolved in the three years since this has come out, I wouldn't be surprised if they really added something really cool to to see because the bosses are already the the HOH 90 boss is already really scary to do. There's already different strats for that and how different jobs handle it. Well, and and also like even if like I actually would be I've I've been saying this a couple times on stream like I would love for them to put like literally like Lion as like the floor ten boss like start there and go up because I feel like the bosses in Deep Dungeon are are more more or less kind of easy up until the ones you mentioned one eighty for Palace one ninety for Palace ninety for for um Heaven on High but it would be it would be fascinating to also see like even if say you put just straight up you just transplant Lion into the boss in Deep Dungeon and make that as the encounter. I mean, I imagine a four-man should probably handle that relatively, yeah. not easy, but, you know, not that bad. So it would translate nicely there. It would still be a, a pretty decent challenge for the four-man, but it would then be this ridiculous challenge for a solo that translates to solo. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. Like, if you just start... Because they are making these solo fights. We even saw it in Savage uh, DR, right? They had a solo encounter in there. And so it would be interesting to start seeing their boss design, uh, especially in like Deep Dungeon things where you, it's an option to go solo, be focused on, hey, what's the experience if you're doing this solo? Make it very difficult, very hard, like a challenge, but possible. And then just let more people do it if they want to have a group go in. And it'll be just an easier experience because you have more people. Hopefully, usually that means it's an easier experience. Um, but it would also be designed and optimized for a solo player going in there and the hardest difficult solo content that can be done. Yeah, like, what is, what is interesting to me was um, it, the that evolution of what they thought about solo in general. Um, because, um, because my perspective is from the solo thing. I Like, I almost kind of take away the party out of my mind in essence, but I'm sure there is also definitely a big perspective there. But Pals of the Dead, when it was first released, a lot of us definitely felt like that. they didn't mean for that to solo. They're just like, oh, by the way, you can go in solo. But a lot of what was there did not feel very solo friendly between that. The, the enemy aggros, Behemoth being one of the ones that just for a long time just seemed like, oh, well, you just go in Red Mage and that's it. Um, but that definitely evolved with the community just trying these wacky ass strats and building all these all these rotations that eventually something seemed to happen and it, it it now currently is very weird that a lot of the jobs that can get past that boss in particular is extremely tight and it almost looks like from from just looking at it as a as, as the viewer like you had to actually do it this particular way or one of the two particular ways um and it felt like it was meant for that but it really wasn't in the beginning and then when Heaven on High got released, you you what I felt like with Heaven on High is that they they made a huge quality of life just in general. Um, like one of the ones I I had remembered was Silver Chests was the huge one because in Palace of the Dead, a lot of people always ask why do you open Silver Chests in Palace of the Dead? It's like well you know I I do it for points. I do I like the high score, but really there is no reason for you to open Silver Chests if your arm and arm is full. And then Heaven on High came out, 
And you put magicites and blue chests. I'm like, oh, well, now they're all of a sudden the most important chests you need to do. You will never skip them because you need this super powerful homander. And then on top of that, they like reorganize all the aggros and, and also the fact that all the rooms are all, all very like structured and, and big squares as opposed to palace where it's all, you know, all the cave and the weird small rooms and the irregular rooms. You felt like there was this huge quality of life that still maintained the challenge of a party. But when you started to do the solo experience, you're like, oh, this is really nice. Not a lot of enemies will will aggro me because I can get around them from 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 just the side aggro. Even the Pomanders, I mean, uh, in Palace of the Dead, using Rage was was kind of a pain in the ass because you could still die with Rage if, if like you had certain mm -hmm. circumstances, but then you had a match site, you had a Petrify, which, you know, as long as you do it more or less correctly, you're you're getting off the floor. Um, so there has been kind of, I feel, that evolution. And maybe maybe it would carry over with how they handled some of the solo stuff in, in Bajsha and Mm -hmm. adding that into maybe the next deep dungeon or whatever solo thing they decide to do that that would be actually pretty pretty darn cool yeah uh that was a pretty good point brought up earlier about maybe they would add lion because all of the deep dungeon is reused mobs which doesn't make it uninteresting by the way mm -hmm. um in the same way that ultimate is a lot of reused mechanics um you, you they're very much different but i i could see them taking some more interesting mobs that have evolved over time and putting them as bosses in there, or even just mobs. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to laugh if they do a deep dungeon and Lion is one of the bosses. <laughs> I want to see Mind Jacks. I want to see Twisters. I want to see them go crazy yeah. in one of them. I, I could see them doing that. No, because it's... also, um, like, like Angela said, this content was... I, I saw it as impossible when it first came out. Um, but they see... they. They have the, the the scores on their site, so they they have it in full vision. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the old Yoster is checking it every day to see if anyone's beat of score. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's on an alt competing well, himself. <laughs> they is. can see, they can see the scores. Um, so they'll take that into account. I think I, if I just had to gamer theory it, that they would say, "Oh, look how many people have soloed this. We can do this." You know, like ultimate, where they say, if, "If at least one team clears it in X amount of time, then we won't nerf it," like they did for T. Um, I could see definitely ramping up a little bit without making it impossible like it originally was. Well, I mean, he watches the show every week, so he's getting all the advice from you guys are giving right now, too. So, Oh, sure. he does? Yeah. yeah Yo, can we get a couple dots back added to Scholar? Yoshi, pretty please. <laughs> I, I want my dots back. I want to be hybrid again. I'm sure he's he's writing it down right now. Uh, he's going to take Broil away. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to take DPS away from healers completely. Just Please no. It's, it's all gonna be book smacked. You just run up and you're just like, how how often can I be next to the boss? All right, I'm a sage main now. Oh, sage main. Geez. Same thing with sage, you know? Uh, no. After that trailer with the sage coming out and just shooting lasers and going crazy offensively, they they can't they can't take damage really away from healing. Those are healing blades. It's like the medic gun in uh, TF2. It shoots, but it actually heals. Yeah, it just shoots healing beams. Yeah, yeah. it's healing. Uh, soldering cuts and stuff, or whatever. Uh, I remember uh, oh, Heaven Sword. I, I if you if you had clicks, it, so th they changed stances entirely in Shadowbringer. Mm -hmm. If you stanced and got to a floor that was abilities disabled in a deep dungeon, you were stuck with that stance <laughs> for the whole floor. So <laughs> if you. I remember doing it with four people. If you had cleric stance on and you were in a light party, you were not healing the next floor. It'd be mm. gloom, abilities disabled, uh, no items or something, and you're like, oh, I, I can't heal, guys. 
<laughs> Sorry. So you had to do like there was all of that extra tech that was not very quality of life friendly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, all right, I'm going to ask some questions from chat while going back and forth, kind of between other questions that are not from chat. Uh, but here's just like a, a, a very loose question here uh, from apparently Angelus's favorite mod. Uh, do you have a favorite moment or experience soloing Deep Dungeon? Anything unique or particularly rewarding uh, or epic that sticks in your head? That would be um, my ninja clear in Heaven on High, hands down. Because okay. uh, I literally hit the shrine when the clock hit zero, and it still gave me the victory. It, it, it hit zero and I hit it, yeah. Wow. That was, yeah, I had I was on 99, floor 99, and uh, I had I had a Petrify ready, so it was a floor wipe, but I walked into there with, like, I think two minutes, or, like, a minute and a half. So I had a minute and a half to get through that floor to the shrine. And it was really funny because I, I had a site, so I got to see what the floor was, and it was just five rooms, but the exit was all the way at the very end. I'm like, great, that's, that's exactly what needs to happen right now. Mm -hmm. So we go to through, I get to the thing, I think I walk into the last floor with, like, 15 seconds, and I I was ready to just hear the duty fail in my ear, so I was like, whatever. I, just, I, I kept spamming enter, but I wasn't looking at my screen. I was just ready to hear it in my ear. But, you know, thank God for server ticks. Thank God for uh, ninja movement speed, because I just got there exactly in time. But but the VOD w does show that the clock literally hit zero before it actually confirmed that I got the victory. So, yeah, that's that was pretty ridiculous. You're very calm when you do those solos. I'm, I would have spazzed out and thrown my mouse accidentally. <laughs> Oh, dude, that last floor. So, like, one of the one of the neat functionalities of Ninja, if you're a Ninja player and you know you know you know what um what you can do there is that if you do Ninjutsu, like Raiton or something, you reset your Sakuchi. So in my brain, I was already okay. I'll just line up all the Sakuchi. I'll just line up all my Raiton so I can Sakuchi past the entire floor. But I completely botched every single one of them. I only got one Sakuchi up. I didn't even do. Oh Sakuchi. no. So I was just I was choking at the end because I was just panicking trying to get through there. So I would have been there a lot faster. But yeah, no, yeah, it, it might look like I'm calm, but no, I was panicking hard because you know you had to hit the right buttons correctly, but I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was that was nerve wracking to do with when you knew time was was just melting away. Yeah. Oh, and it is a good point. Yeah, and Joe wouldn't throw his mouse because he doesn't play with a mouse. I already threw like using he, he, would, he would throw his keyboard. I don't know. <laughs> He's not throwing anything. Oh, well, you know, it's funny I when I was watching that, uh, when I, I pulled that clip from your stream, like right before we started this stream, uh, I, I did notice there's absolutely a difference between how you and Angelus react to things. Because when you died, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> do it. Go, go, go. Get, 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 fucking do it. Witching, witching. I think that's what you're saying. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's witching yelling in my ear. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Just like screaming at everyone. It's it's because I think they both had their things closed and were just letting me use them. And I didn't know he would pull that mob because that mob is really scary on... Um, well, I mean, it's a trio, but still, I didn't think he would pull that mob. That mob instantly does like a huge AoE Dragoon dive, basically. Mm. And so I was like witching, witching, screaming it. And they didn't have their things open, so they're trying to open it. And then, mm. and then a mob walked around the corner and aggroed them, too. It's on a gloom floor. And then I changed it to ma I saw them both get autoed, so they were one auto from dying, and then someone magicited. Nice. <laughs> you have panic moments if things go wrong, and it, that's actually a big part of uh, four-man plays. You need to, you need to sometimes communicate who's pulling and who's opening chests and designate people who's going to pop the pomanders, and you kind of need to organize things a bit more when you're in a group because 
if you, if you have a DPS who's just going to be like, I'll pull the first thing I see, and then the tank pulls something else, boom, your run can end really fast, which is what happened there. Tank pulled one mob, I pulled another mob, and I was like, oh, I thought you, and he's like, I thought you, and then we almost wiped out. Did you ever, did you ever fight a griffin after it uses Winds of Winter? And it's yeah. still, like you're still alive and it's still alive? Not solo. Um, the first time I saw Winds of Winter, I screamed, I don't know what that is, we're all going to die, or something. And the solo, I did it one time back. I didn't know I was doing it, but I got hit with it by accident. And I think I had a dot on, so I died. I got back up, and it re-aggroed because the dot. So like, if you leave a dot on, it, then <laughs> goes, it re-aggroes. But the the thing I didn't realize is that when it uses Winds of Winter, it also gets haste. So when it did free fall, it was near <laughs> let it get out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. oh no. <laughs> You, like, How you, many you times you're running, you don't get out of uh, HOH before you learn that? Yeah, uh, that was like the first. I think that was like a couple of months ago that I figured that out because I never oh, got that move. I never died to it, so I never knew it. Give, it gave itself haste, and I didn't know it would speed up its AOEs mm. to some ridiculous. Yeah, it, that was that was a nice thing to find out. Okay, that's uh, crazy. I have a, another question that came up that it actually involves uh, spinning bosses. And so it's basically just asking your opinion on spinning bosses. Um, you know, it feels like there's a stigma surrounding it, whether it's kosher, that's required to clear on some classes. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on spinning a boss around? <laughs> um, well, on my end, I mean, I've, I mean, I've said it before, like every, every runner, um, you know, it's, it's your own run. So like what I do, what you do, it really does have no effect on me. Um, I guess, I guess visually, like if you're watching someone, that becomes a, a thing that people get to talk about because you're watching the person do the do the spinning and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's been an interesting topic overall because some people think it's exploiting, some people think it's unintentional, some people reference. Uh, I mean, I I don't know if Pharaoh can can give a backstory in that one, but I remember people always referencing uh, turn nine on 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 coil because initially people were doing it there and then they kind of like fixed it basically. Um, and then you have functionality now in Shadowbringers where you just you just literally can't spin anything because they just don't allow it um, mechanically. So it, it's, yeah, I mean, in my end, um, I did it before. I don't do it anymore. Um, the reason I don't do it is because I've had conversations with lots of people that they, they look at it and they're like, I, I just can't do it, whether they're, they're, they're a controller, player, or whatever it is. Like the, and then so for me, I always feel like I want to introduce the content to people to the, to the most, to the biggest audience, if you will. So if you feel like you can't do it, I almost feel a, a slight responsibility to do it in your in your kind of play style, if you will, um, to to then kind of display like, okay, this is how you can do it on the way you play, and so that's why I've kind of moved away from for myself um, because mm -hmm. lots of people have just been like, oh, I can't really do it like this. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And then and how I approach it is like, look, we have you know a, a number of runners that do it really good. And so if you want to see it, then you know check them out. But if you want to see it this way, check me out. That kind of feel so. Um, but yeah, I don't have a particularly strong opinion on what people do uh, in their own runs, but I'm pretty sure that's something SE would fix if they knew about it, because they've been known to fix really old stuff, even when it's reported later. They don't fix too much savage. They consider them proper strats, but I think spinning a boss is not what they would consider an intended or even you know, strat, like tank L being something to, to skip it. That's more like you're kind of skipping the whole fight. So I don't think 
I think if it, if SE knew about it, they would probably patch it. But in, in, I think it takes. So if you're doing four man stuff, that takes away from part of your adventure. You know, I mean, you could just spin everything and just treat it. I mean, I guess if you're farming gill or something, you could do that. Does that even work on normal mobs or just bosses? No, it's it's everything in Deep Dungeon. You can literally spin everything. Hmm. I'm but following we, my report right now. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Which is interesting because for the longest time, I think some of the discussion was, well, like you said, like, well, if they wanted to fix it, I guess they could. But then it was like, well, could they fix it, right? I guess the thing is like, well, it's already here. Why would they go back and fix something that that's just, you know, whatever? Um, I mean, I guess you can go, you can go and maybe like, you know, slap some warnings on people, I guess. But it's it was whatever. But it was interesting with uh, Bacha because Bacha, when that came out, um, you just can't spin anything. You, uh, I tried. I, I went and tried, and it's mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. So, so to me, that almost spelled like, oh well, I guess if they wanted to, they could. You know what I mean? Um, and it would be interesting to see, I guess, in the next deep dungeon, what their decision would be for that format. Like, do they allow it? Do they not? Because it, it seems I don't know if it's just like a literal switch, but you know, it would be, I guess, their conscious decision to let it through or let it not, and whether they think it's intended or not. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is interesting because I mean it does kind of take away from the experience of getting on a leaderboard and everything and spinning around mobs and uh, getting your clears and everything. It does add a little bit of um, you know doubt to some people's runs if they're not streaming it or showing what they're doing. They're like, oh well, they just ran through and sp spun everything. I mean that gets into the same idea as there was an exploit in A10 an Alexander 10 Savage where you could spin him forever and he would just not phase mm -hmm. and you could just kill him. And that got uploaded to FF logs and that caused a big discussion, I remember. And they they, they flagged the logs as exploit and Well that's all community effort. stuff. <laughs> it's community stuff, yeah. yes. Yeah. But the thing is if that's why I think if word got to SE, they they have they back it with their own scores. I think they would consider that in the realm of spoiling the spirit mm -hmm. of the competition. I don't really particularly care if someone just wants to do it for fun. I, like I don't, I don't care what someone does. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I never cared if someone spun a boss. It's once you bring it into the oh my score is better than you and the, you know this and that, and then people start having to say oh you have to show a vod or your score is gone because I don't know if you spun it or not or you know all that mm -hmm. stuff. And then you get into that. So I think it, in in the end it, in the in the end, it is something that shouldn't be possible. Um, just because there is a score behind it. Mm -hmm. No, I, I see that too. And I think it's something that would be nice for them to address. I know at the moment, uh, unless if it was an easy fix, they wouldn't do it. Uh, if it was an easy fix, they would, they'd they probably go forward with fixing that. But um, just because they have so many other things they have to focus on development-wise going into a new expansion, uh, which is why we didn't get Ultimate. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I want them some guy to code dizzy and if a mob gets dizzy they just get mad and just drop a, a dollar mood on you or something oh, <laughs> yeah if you spin a mob and it can't auto for a certain amount of time it just dollar moods you and wipes your entire or do party like a frenzy or something and just like start going crazy and hitting everything Every mob has some, some guy who coded the original deep dungeons whoever was the main developer on that he just gets to create his own enrages Yoshi P comes down and knocks a day off your sub or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be great. I, I would love to see something like that. <laughs> uh, all right. So we, you talked a little bit about the length of Deep Dungeon, but I mean, what do you think that in the end, we went from like, what, 
200 to 100 floors going into heaven or high. Is 100 the right amount, or should it be shorter than that? Or what what should the future uh, Deep Dungeon look like in terms of length? Um, well, for four players, mm-hmm. Soul Wars might think different, but I when HOH came out, for four players, I thought it was a big quality of life increase because for four players, Palace is basically slam out the 100 floors and then you get to the juicy ones. And mm-hmm. HOH is roughly comparable to 100 to 200. And 1 to 50 is pretty, pretty... There's nothing really to do there as a four-man. You just kind of split up and do every floor in one minute. Sometimes what past 100, you're doing every floor in one minute as fast as you can just to get to the good ones. So for four players, HOH was a lot more fun, which is why I've done it so much more. Um, and the difficulty spike is really crazy. So I feel like HOH was an improvement, at least for light parties or trios or duos doing it. Because it's still a, it's still long. Um, I, I mean, if you're really good at it, you could probably do it in three hours or less. If you have a bunch of machinists and you're just going, you could probably do it in less than that if you're not going for the mounts in there, which is what most people I know go for. Um, and solo, I think Angelus would be able to tell you about you know the length of it solo for 100 versus 200. It's longer. Well, the the thing is, I guess. I mean, it depends on what audience you're kind of aiming for in the in the bigger scale of things, right? Like, you wouldn't necessarily be aiming it for, say, the solo community because that's a very small percentage of people right now. So, I, I mean, Palace, I think, I'd want to say, although I can't really say from experience, but that one's rough because for just a casual group of four, you're probably looking at a temporary static. You're probably going to have to do it in two days. Um, I don't think you can push, I don't think you can push, a, even if you started 51, I don't know if you can push that out and one day we're talking to casual static not like you know mm-hmm. guys who have, have their time in and have done it before etc right. you're probably going to look at a two-day adventure which i've heard lots of stories of people like you know hey i've tried it before but i never got to the top because you know we didn't get back together I and mean, that's you know statics for some people are, are difficult to, to maintain get the time and all that stuff of course especially for something that's going to be like that um Heaven on High feels like a, a nice thing because even if you go in with the static, I mean, you're you're talking of a what? If you're just going for a clear, there's almost no point of you going from four one. So you're starting at twenty one. So you're probably looking at a, a at a maximum of seven hours if you for some reason spend sixty minutes on every ten floors. So you're probably looking at an average of I don't know upper limit of five four uh, like five hours if you're going like really careful. And yeah, probably about three ish three four around there if you're going at a somewhat decent speed. Um, for solo, I can. I, I mean, for solo, you still have to move relatively fast to to knock it off a, a heaven on high in one go. I mean, it takes me, I think, seven hours to maybe eight hours to do, depending on the job, one to one hundred in one go. Palace of Dead is just easily has to be split in two days, unless I go for like a marathon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, it it is what it is. I mean, I'm I'm personally. You know, if you give me a deep dungeon that's three hundred, I'm not going to say, well, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm going to do it, but you know, that's going to be pretty 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 rough yeah. <laughs> yeah that's gonna take one week just to get a run ready so on the solo end but yeah so i don't think it would be bad if they increased floors as long as they didn't have what people would consider filler floors yeah like if, I... if like hoh 150 would be you know lunacy but you've got hoh to prepare for you have to do palace 
to get to HOH. You can't do pat. Well, you have to do floor 50 of palace before you can even step into HOH. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing SE, they'll probably make you have to do, you know, 30 of HOH before you can get into whatever the next one is, Yoshi P's office or something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think the getting back together thing is a big reason why I push people to do HOH as a, as a group first, if they want to try with FC mates or whatever, because you can realistically do it one sitting, even if you're really slow. Like the longest run I ever did was six minutes with multiple breaks, like multiple 15 minute break or six hours <laughs> with lo- multiple 15 minute breaks because, um, so, and then, and then it's like, okay, I know these guys, they kind of get an idea of this. Now we can take on palace. So I consider palace like the one you do after you've cleared. And I still try to push people to do it one sitting, but it's really, it's pretty rough to do it in one sitting. I mean, even doing it with, uh, ultimate gamers the other day with um Jeff- gerald jeffo and zeph they were like dying by the end of it because it was like seven or eight hours or something yeah. um to push through it and that is the biggest killer of all my palace runs is oh sorry guys i can't i can't go tomorrow can we go the next day oh then we wrap around all the way to the end of the week and it's like oh sorry it was actually a fluke that i could even join up with you guys today and like okay run's gone so yeah, yeah for for quality of life you should probably do hoh first get to know who you're running with i'm making little link shells and stuff with people i run with mm-hmm. and then um and then you can go on from there and i guess if you don't have anybody to run with there's people in angelus's discord in the deep dungeon discord they have lfg channels for getting into it so i mean if you're really new you could probably get a guided person to help you as well yeah, yeah. i think that's uh in my mind the perfect link would be like a raid night and a raid night's like three hours Right, and you could go for through a complete run in three hours, uh, and that would be a little bit closer to what I would see as ideal, because that is an issue uh, where you have to do things in multiple days, um, and unless if you have a, because you you have to go with the same people, right? You can't you can't like yep. add in subs for a night. You can't be like, hey, my my, my friend couldn't make it. Could you fill in? No, you can't go without him either, right? I mean, you just have to have to just kill the run if they never show up again which which then puts an interesting kind of flip to that when you're running solo because like yeah a run would take like a palace of the dead would take you on all 14 hours but you can split that up in an entire month because you're just by yourself you can go 10 floors a day and that's very convenient that's at most an hour mm-hmm. and that's extremely convenient for if you're limited on time or you have other things to do like you can just start chipping it away little by little but that's the benefit of going by yourself in the group you have to have the same people running into it so it's mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a flip thing there in, in essence which is kind of interesting too but like i said they're not going to be like oh yeah we'll do it for these guys like they gotta think of the bigger crowd in my opinion well it, i think splitting up is fine because it's meant to be it is meant to be like you do form like a little temporary static Mm-hmm. Um, and me personally, I like to f- get people into it and then figure out, okay, who wants to do this more regularly? Who wants to do this again? Who wants to try and get the mounts? Who wants to try and try different things or go faster? Mm-hmm. And then I build from there and you will have runs that you can't continue. I think one thing they could fix is just adding more saves per character would be nice instead of having two. Cause I, I once had a character where I used the save and then the people couldn't get together. So I was like, okay. I'll go with these guys. And then they were like, oh, I can't finish it. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to change characters then if I want to do this content. Mm -hmm. So I have my own rules I've assembled where it's like you have to, if I only invite someone to do HOH if they can do it one sitting. So 
I think even some casual people have a day where they can play like, you know, five or six hours or something. Um, and Palace, yeah, you're going to want to do that. But that also makes the content. It has pros and cons. You would think mm -hmm. if they just open it up so anyone could continue, I think that would kind of spoil some of it. If you could just bring in, carry, yep. you know, bring, bring, get to the hard floors and then just bring in someone that does it all the time and pay them some gill and then they'll just kind of get you through it or something. So I think that is part of the journey is sticking with the same people. I think that's very much part of the content. I would, I don't think they should do a shorter. I think HOH is as short as it should go, in my opinion, because this is very much supposed to be the the long haul dungeon of the game. I don't know what it was. And you play, you said you played. Wow, there was like a long haul six hour dungeon in that game that people still talk about years later. Mm -hmm. um, th I think that's very much what they're going for is. But they, they realized Palace was just a bit too long. So I don't think they'd shorten it. Maybe 10 floors or something. or, but, but But I think they've hit, for me, a sweet spot with length. You know, um, you mentioned bringing people in to help you clear. I, I didn't think about this. Angela, does anyone offer you, like, Gil to come and just, like, run through Deep Dungeon for him and they just kind of hang back while you go and clear everything? No, not not directly. I mean, I've, I've offered to help people to go in, and that's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, so I've but done, I mean, I've they done don't, that. They don't do anything. They just let you carry them through the whole thing. It's a, it's a mutual effort, but yeah, okay. you know, you go in, I, I, I spout out, you know, hey, don't touch this thing. You know, you may not want to do this one, just just letting you know, <laughs> you know, and then, just, you know, kind of just making it through as best as possible. But that's a lot of fun on my end. I, I like doing that. I, I wouldn't, you don't need to give hey, me you, something for that. Like, yeah, it's have like a service going on. All right, all right, all right. I uh, I teased Angelus about this on a stream that I'm like, hey, has anyone offered you a thousand dollars to log into the character and get them a necromancer title? He's like, hey, so I'm sure there's someone out there that's maybe someone's done it, but I think you'll you might actually start seeing that if they add a better reward than just a title, because a lot of people titles a title, but when they see a weapon, a glowy weapon. The only that's weapons true. that you get for Palace and HOH right now is when you trade in your ninety nine ninety nine Ether pool to get the weapon, mm -hmm. and that's okay. that really shiny looking one. Um, and I think if they added a weapon to Solo, you would start seeing that stuff. Well, I mean, Fair. Solo, you yeah, well, you would have to log into their account and everything, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so you're you scared. Imagine Angela's skin like caught in a scandal like years from now for doing RMT and like, pushing people through. I'll give up everything just so I could do my stupid RMT. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> that would be horrible. Uh, oh man, now I just like I maximized my OBS. Hold on, what am I doing? Here we go. Anyway, sorry, something on my end technical. Uh, there was another question here. Uh, this was to Pharaoh. Do you plan on doing more solo temps on uh, multiple classes or just complete it on the one job and be done? The three jobs that Angelus said, in his opinion, are the strongest, and correct me if I'm wrong, for soloing is Ninja Red Mage Machinist, correct? That's what I, that's what I personally say, yeah. I like those jobs the best. I like those three because they're really bursty. So in the low floors, you don't take a while to kill it. You you run and blow things up. So the for me, how the first floors go and how tolerable that is is a big part of 
how I enjoy soloing. Like I tried tanking there and I was like, I can't do this. This thing's taking too long to die. So maybe maybe someday I'll do tank. But Ninja looks really fun, which is funny because I really didn't like the Shadow Fang change to Ninja. And I was iffy on the changes to Ninja. I understood it was better, but raiding, I liked uh, right before they changed Ninja. I was like, wait a minute. This is content that I actually like the ninja changes in, so I might be doing um, ninja and red mage and machinist, and then if I'm still, um, it, I might if I if I get more experience, then maybe I'll try some other stuff. Because time is to me the scariest thing in there. In addition to all these things you're dealing with, is the timer is just ticking down, and you you really you don't want to time out. So uh, the lower DPS jobs pressure you in that way that you need to keep moving, and you you have a certain amount of time spend. The, you're selling like a boss. It's going to take, you know, 12 minutes or something, depending on the boss, if you don't have certain commanders. And if, if you want an idea, I mean, that timer. I mean, I know you said that tanks are boring, but, I mean, for Heaven on High, I still personally say the top three for me are the same as Palace with his Red Mage Machinist Ninja, but Gunbreaker does have the most clears in Heaven on High, and, and one of the things that a lot, of, a lot of the runners have gotten accustomed to if they're going for high scores is with Gunbreaker, you said the, the floors were boring, but it's, I think almost slightly mandatory if you're going for high scoring gunbreaker that you are you are essentially full pulling the entire floor from like one to fifty. And that gets really interesting. Um okay, to try to I manage. didn't know that. Yeah. If like you don't have to, right? I mean it is got going to go one at a time, but if you wanted to go for that high scoring on like a tank, you have to you basically are pulling the entire floor, every single floor. And that gets interesting. Um so that could that could make it a little fun. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do yeah. it. Gunbreaker, yeah. in my opinion, has one of the better kits for it too, um, for survival and just overall just damage. It's it's very good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's actually the fastest way to four man easy floors in Palace and Hoh. Is I know okay. I said you split everyone up, but you split everyone up. They scout every room, they tag every mob, and then they drag it to the tank, and then you just AOE everything down. That's how you really speed run. That's good if you're grinding the shortcuts too, but you you kind of speed run by just grabbing everything and pulling it into one spot, blowing it up and sitting on the key. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that's done in solo doesn't surprise me. I'm disappointed that I didn't think of it or didn't know about it, but that does sound fun. Yeah. yeah I was killing one mob at a time. I was being stupid. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. it's <laughs> like, my machinist brain. You just blow something up, then you go to the next thing. You blow it up, you go to the next thing. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask some more questions about like the future of... Uh deep dungeon and things that you might want to see quality of life wise going forward. Uh, we did talk about a few things during uh, the show overall, but is there anything else you can think of that would be a great addition and make it more enjoyable for players going through this content, whether it's solo or with a group? I'll let Angela start this one. Um, see, it's, it's, it's interesting because I mean, I've run, I've run a number of ideas out uh, for funsies, you know, just, just, Think, thinking process-wise of like, oh, this would be nice to add in, this would be cool. But I'll be honest, like, how they have it now, it's it's kind of it's kind of perfect, especially for the solo experience. I mean, I don't know how it would be for the long term of the party. I mean, you'd have, you know, I'm sure there's a kind of a, a um, maybe an upper limit of how much you can do it before it starts maybe getting a little a little stale, and that's probably why, you know, you start swapping jobs and all that stuff. Um, but I'd be, I'd be a little cautious on... on adding features or adding something because it might take away from what it already is really good at, right? It's like reinventing the wheel, if you will. Um, I mean, you know, <clears throat> one of the ones that would be kind of cool is just getting kind of better rewards up there 
Um, mm-hmm. like, like now that we've kind of like the community has proven that you can clear all the jobs. I mean, it'd be I, one thing I've always liked was like maybe a individual title, you know, going having the incentive of not just clearing on the one job, but you can clear on, on all the jobs and get these titles. Um, also, the, the the one that people always ask is, you know, putting Blue Mage in Deep Dungeon, which I think would be fine. Um, uh, one of the one of the interesting ideas that, that I was proposing was, um, like, we I always relate Deep Dungeon to, like, a roguelike. So if you've played, like, um, Hades or something, Binding of Isaac, that kind of feel, the, it feels like a roguelike with Deep Dungeon. So one of the one of the ideas I had for Blue Mage was, you know, if you put Blue Mage in there right now, it, it would automatically, you would think it's broken, because it has all the spells... You know, now that they added basic instincts, um, it would feel broken in there. But one of the things I was thinking of was, well, what if you make it in such a way where you walk in on Blue Mage, but you actually have, like, one spell, that's it. But as you're going through the Deep Dungeon, you are learning the spells from the enemies themselves. Mm. Therefore, you eliminate this kind of brokenness of, of Blue Mage on the outside. It's all encapsulated inside, and it becomes its own game mode within it, which I think would be fantastic. But I imagine that would be extremely difficult to pull off. But it would at least allow this idea of Blue Mage being in a deep dungeon, pretty fair, square. You just kind of build it around um, how how you get the enemy, how you get the spells from different enemies. It becomes like a deck building, over, almost if you will. So I think that would be cool um, because I, I do personally think if you put Blue Mage in its current iteration, there could be some really weird balance issues, especially if you start adding in more spells once it gets to eighty. That gets even more weirder. So yeah. who knows? You're, I would like. You're right. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what Blue Mage, that's the highlight of Blue Mage, is learning stuff from mobs. And so if you go in there and the mobs each have this one thing that you can start building on and go forward, and you're like, oh, I got this mob this time, and I got this skill, and then just make it, like, I guess, maybe not a 100% chance of getting it, but, like, a high chance of getting the abilities. I, I don't know. I, I get what you're you're saying, though, for sure. Uh, Pharaoh? If anyone uh, speaks Japanese, they should put that on the forums, because that would be, honestly, one of the coolest things in the game. And very much in the spirit of Blue Mage, because mm-hmm. um, you don't do too much in the overworld with it, from what I've seen. You do have these little challenges, but that would be like the challenge is can you get, you know, the lone blue or something title and something like that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, on rewards, improving rewards um, or improving, uh, I don't think anything has to be drastically changed because I think HOH is very close to solid and SC is creative enough to have made HOH its own thing while still being in the spirit of Palace, I feel, mm-hmm. um, with its different Palmanders. Um, it's, it's more forgiving Palmanders, but some of the moms are insane also. Um, they would probably do different Palmanders is what they'll do and different things like that. Uh, for rewards, for those who don't know, they're... So there is a tradable mount that you can get in Palace, the Knight Pegasus, which, depending on your server, is probably, if you check the market board for Knight Pegasus, it's probably anywhere from 8 million to 16 million gil on the market board right now, for years, for literally years. And I've said this on stream all the time, like, hey, you guys want to get some gil? You should go into this content. And still, it's the same price. So maybe it's gone down a little bit, but people still are, even though I try and hold the gil in front of them, they don't know that... um. There's four different tiers of uh, rewards you get on the floors using intuitions. Intuitions are what let you see the accursed horde. You've probably mm-hmm. seen that in the checkpoint. Um, that gives you glam. That gives you a ton of stuff. And there's four different tiers of them. And after 150 in Palace or 71 in HOH or at 71 and at 151, you start getting the highest tier, which has a chance to drop uh, Knight Pegasus in Palace or a Dodo which is a really funny mount in uh, 
have it on high. Yeah, you can buy them off the market board. So if that spoils it for you and you're not interested in the guild, there's mounts you can... Um, I believe they both have... I can't remember Palace. Deep, HOH has a mount that is untradeable and you can only get it after beating HOH four times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Glam that you can only get from there that's untradeable. Palace has a housing item at the very end of it. It's like a little crystal pumpkin thing. Yeah. And people used to pay... 15 million guild to give you housing rights to put that in there, but that's the only way you're supposed to be able to get it is if you've actually cleared it untradeable. Um, and th that has glam too. I think Palace also has a mount that's untradeable, but I can't remember how to get it. I don't know if you just spend pot shards. These yeah, things also have pot shards, which are used for soloers use them to get potions and stuff, or mm -hmm. anyone, any more than one player who's running without a healer would use those, but those also trade in for emotes and other things. So SC has very much put a lot of rewards, tradable and untradable. So if I think the only way they could improve it is maybe someone mentioned adding like a glowy weapon, just like ultimates have, like, I guess, reskin an old weapon to be its own thing. Cause gl glam visible on your character is really important. You can't mount up in towns and always show off a mount. So mm -hmm. you know, I think that's the only thing is if they added that glam, that's when the sales would start too, though, but you get, I still think it would be really good. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So, uh, one other question here, uh, and you had this, uh, from your Angelus is that, you know, world race, with uh, a new deep dungeon would be pretty cool. I think there is a lot of interest. I mean, there's there was interest in the first person to get Necromancer, right? There, there's interest out there. It's just not as public, I guess. At, uh, at first, no, because yeah. no one was putting it out there really much. Um, and it was such a drawn out process. I mean, it was, like the content released and it's already it was already like a year and a half, two years. No one got it. So it's like, OK, well, you know, and sit around and wait for it, you know, so yeah. Uh, the, the thing that I would like the most about it is that I'm very invested in the world race for Savage and, uh, Ultimate, is that I wouldn't have to do shit. Yep. Because there's already a leaderboard that marks the time and stamp and everything else. <laughs> and I just, you know, that, that's, I want to see them do that for Savage too, but I understand the difficulties, uh, within that. Uh, but I, I do think that uh, <laughs> it would be yeah, awesome. Aside from, aside from, I guess, like essentially showing, showing your receipts, like you could have the content, like, hey, I got this clear, here's a screenshot. Then you could like see it day later to confirm that it's there. Like, that's actually kind of cool. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, there's an idea floating around. I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Someone floated it to. Angeles, and I really would like to see it and have it work out without it. People getting bored would be a competition with a prize or something of soloers. And the thing that's unfortunate is Angeles would probably be the best person to cast it, but he'd probably be competing. Um, so how would just kind of would that just be a full day cast? And just if someone loses, they lose. I mean, I think that. Like, if they lose early on or they have bad RNG throughout the race, it's bad, right? And so it's just kind of... I would see... That. Sorry, I interrupted well, you, Pharaoh. <laughs> yeah. The thing that's going to be interesting when it comes out is it's going to be the... the what, what do you say? The unguided prog? Mm -hmm. um, because right now, a lot, of, a lot of what people use now are from video guides, from written guides. So they're using that for the information. Once it comes out, um, we're, we're all blank. Not, no one knows anything. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you may have seen the enemies outside, perhaps, but you don't know anything. And I've already conceded. I want to. I, I want to put it out. I want to stream it when when that happens or whatever. But I've already conceded that something that I may discover and die to. The very next person could be just ten floors away and learn from it, and then proceed to get the clear thereafter, which is fine. I've, I'm, that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but stuff like that, like, <clears throat> like there is there is that kind of sense of of that feel where people might might want to not put their stuff out there until the clear happens. But that's because knowledge again, knowledge is power. So knowing something that could potentially save you from getting in trouble, it's kind of a huge deal with this with this type of format. So you know, well, go ahead, Pharaoh. Go ahead. That's kind of like the world race um yeah. there's groups that don't stream it but people still tune in and whoever is maybe they don't consider themselves top tier is still gonna do it and people are there for the ride and people that won't do it or aren't ready to do it yet will tune in there's probably a lot of people that would do it in four um but they would never attempt a solo um uh, they would enjoy it i think regardless it would be a neat thing the game doesn't have that many races, and I think that's one of the few things that is actually a real prog, and it's a really interesting... Mm-hmm. That would be so hype to just see a mob you never seen before. Like, all the things I did when I did this unguided was... It's it's nuts when you see three new roamers that are, you know, you've never seen them before, what does that do? And then it just blows up, and it's like, oh, okay, and let's see, you know, and you hop over to the next stream or whatever. It's, that's exciting. You know, uh, now that you, you're you're talking about this, it would be interesting because the first four person clear was pretty quick, wasn't it? Probably, I I don't know. <laughs> I I had no clue. It was. I cleared it. I think on third try with the little group I put together, and we weren't serious. We were just having fun. I think it was third or fourth try we went in, and we got it like twelve hours. I'm remembering back to I can't remember if it was Palace of the Dead or HOH where Noriko uh, actually got like 15 minutes of fame uh, for her reaction on sh- stream where she was almost uh, she was like one of the last floors uh, like three floors from clearing it and then they wiped right before it and they would have been like the first team to, to clear it if I remember back that was so long ago uh, I I don't know. It would be uh, it would be interesting. I think that if it could be done within like a few days, then maybe it is something worth tracking and showing on stream. And the same thing that we do with the uh, other world races and just put because that's exciting. For solo in a few days? Well, not solo. It would be team. Okay, it would have to be team. But you can, solo is like a whole nother. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think uh, Heaven on High got the first clear was two weeks after release. The first solo clear. Solo clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you have droughts and it's something to prog um but yeah i also i don't know if it would work but a competition for what's already out might be fun mm-hmm. nothing too serious but like here's eight runners let's see who gets to the highest floor or who gets to who finishes it first you know experienced soloers mm-hmm. and just kind of teach people who don't know anything about this what if all of them uh, lose and don't don't get there? Or gets to the highest wins. Okay. okay. Be kind of yeah, that would be kind of that's neat. that's basically um speed running. Speed runners lose their runs. Yeah. And in that case, they, maybe they'd go okay. Whoever got the furthest wins. Mm-hmm. Um, usually finish it out, but this would just be kind of you know they're in X place because they died on this floor or whatever. Are you guys trying to? I don't know if ideas? that'll ever happen, but that would be really cool. Yeah. Um. 
I would definitely like set aside time to watch that or help cast it or something because that would be it would seem slow at first but if if someone knows all the tech of what's going on it would be neat i think i don't know if it'd be it wouldn't ever be as popular as rating people would meme on it but okay to me okay all right i get it i get it pharaoh i get it listen to me frosty (laughs) i'll get it i get it man uh on that note just complete tangent there's actually going to be some uh cool stuff that phase temperance is doing uh in a few weeks from now uh they're gonna do a hell mode ultimate where uh, a whole bunch of teams come together and then they race against each other to clear uh an ultimate fight with certain conditions uh imposed upon them and the first team that gets it gets a cash prize at the end of it uh and that's gonna happen and i think it's happening the weekend before the patch that would have had ultimate if they would have gone forward with it. I so. think this game in general is if people play it a lot, you fall into the category of I'm going to play something else or I'm going to figure out how to squeeze more out of this game that I can't stop playing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few psychos like us who just play this game. And you go to play another game, and you're like, it's not FF. And you log into FF, and you're like, I'm going to invent something to do. <laughs> and you just do it. And it's like, this is fun, because I like this job, and I like the game, and I'm just used to it. And it's comfy. So yeah. I think uh, I think Deep Dungeon is just one of those things. Yeah. All right. Well, so, keep going. Keep going. That's fine. An ultimate challenge, Deep Dungeon. What would that be? Ori did uh, ultimate with the uh, rock band drums. Are you going to try that, Angelus? <laughs> Controller would be my first step. Use a I mouse. Think. Yeah, use a mouse. No, controller would be my first step. <laughs> that nice. doing a controller. Too much, but Angelus only plays with a keyboard. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't play controller and he doesn't use a mouse. He uses two hands on a keyboard and does this. There's a few people out there like him, but that's like really. Uh, I forget what MMO that's from, but there's like a certain. Was, was it 11 that people did that? 11. Yeah. That's where I came from. I came from 11, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's always just so weird to think about it. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense in my head, but whatever, man. Uh, God, I'm just, every time you say that, I just try to process in my head how that movement would even work. Uh, one hand's movement, one hand's the camera. I guess so, man. I guess so. It's like a controller almost. Yeah. It's very entertaining to watch, though, because it's not controller and it's not mouse keyboard. So he has his own system and his own muscle memory he's made for it. Mm-hmm. There's there's always the debate of what is the best thing to use, but it's kind of like the the fighting game debate of do you use a controller, do you use an arcade stick, do you use a keyboard? Well, there's here's three really top players that use any of them. So whatever you're good at, you can use. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've this has been like uh, two hours, fifteen minutes so far, uh, which is very impressive. I didn't know if we we're gonna go that long or not. Uh, so it's probably a good time to start winding it down. And I guess uh, I, I would like to ask you each if there's anything else that we haven't really mentioned about Deep Dungeon that you would want to say or mention on a show. Uh, talking about Deep Dungeon before we leave today, and I guess I'll start with you, Pharaoh. I'll make you. Uh, go first to be on the spot for that okay well 
it's soloing seems really scary, but I would highly encourage people. People always say I don't have any friends to do this with whatever. I would highly encourage people to get a taste of it and see if they would like it, even if they don't consider themselves raiders or great players, because I've had people who have never who've only done like an extreme here and there. They've loved it. I've had people who've done savages. They've loved it. Ultimates. They've loved it. It seems like content that actually if, if even for a clear to a lot of people enjoy might not get it as addicted to it as me or Angelus, but I would encourage everyone to see it at least once because Essie put so much work into it. Hmm. They did. They did. Uh, okay, Angelus, any last things that you would want to say in regards to Deep Dungeon? Yeah, I mean, I'd follow up with that. I mean, I mentioned I mentioned the beginning, like a lot of the big the big hurdle for lots of people is just literally getting in there. Um, a lot of people say oh it looks really hard oh it might take a long time but that's the fun funny part about solo and um, that it, it is bite-sized you can go in 10 floors and just do it every day and you're going in one hour at, at a time you don't have to sit and do a six seven hour session like i do that's you don't have to you can just do it in, in little bite sizes um mm -hmm. but yeah like step in there give it a shot i mean even if you're on the fence just just give it a shot and a lot of people who do they all they just start doing it and running through it and and it's very convenient in current times because there is so many so much information out there that you can digest and learn from and, and maybe get that confidence just watching someone else be like oh well it was doable so mm -hmm. maybe i can do it too and that's that's actually a lot of the premise of lots of people that they see that it's possible and they're like oh yeah i guess i guess i'll just give this a shot and see what happens and then that's how it kind of rolls into there um but yeah like one one thing i was mentioning i think last night on stream was was this idea of um how uh <clears throat> like if you think of like a like a a TV show, a fan favorite TV show, like, you know, it comes in one season, then get canceled the next season. But then like, you have like such a strong community. Sorry, that kind of um, asks, um, that kind of puts so much like power and emphasis into the company. Like, no, we really want this show to be here. Can you please put it back in? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where maybe the case of, of Deep Dungeon is at, at the moment that I think if like the community is just, just kind of being like, we really want Deep Dungeon to happen. Like, can you please get it in? I feel like there might be a little bit of power from the people and the community to maybe happen to maybe push it through and have them really commit to, to making the content because people really like it and seeing all the people coming in now as of recently and more and more people getting into it i think that could be a thing and it may even come down to the community just continuing to tell them like yeah we really like this content and we'd like you to put it in in the next one maybe they definitely will so yeah. the time seems daunting but the save feature in theory, should make it easy for even casual FCs to do this and have like a deep dungeon night together. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a mount farming night or whatever. And I'm surprised there aren't more casual players that don't raid really doing this content. Even savage players aren't doing this content. They don't know what it is or really. You haven't done this content, Frosty. When are you going to start getting your clears, huh? Hey, I, I did some. I've done some. I just haven't gone past much of 50 on Palace of the Dead. That. <laughs> That is not the same Deep Dungeon we're talking about. The Okay, so the beginning of Deep Dungeon, it is not like that later. We didn't ever mention this, but 150 plus is a completely unique texture of a dungeon, which I know that sounds silly, but it really sets the mood that you're starting to get into these higher floors. 80 plus in HOH is very unique, this temple setting, and it's very exciting to get there the first time, and it actually ramps up really high in... Uh, difficulty which isn't a big deal if you have four people and you know what you're doing um if you don't know what you're doing you just try again or you have someone that is guiding you guys and it's really not that bad um 
it, the shortcut stuff is nothing like actually climbing. So mm-hmm. I would highly encourage. It's not like climbing. You should climb. Try a climb at some point. Okay. Okay. Uh, don't you? Aren't you around the same time Angelus is active? Mm-hmm. Active in like three hours from now. Uh, usually, yeah, like on a couple, only a couple nights a week. I am like nine hours a week streamer, part time as the part time gets. <laughs> so, uh, what I do mostly right now is my dailies to level up my alts. But I mean, I could be doing this stuff instead. Yeah, one of your alts that needs XP, take it with Angelus, okay. and you'll get a bunch. You'll get a, some free levels out of it. <laughs> You should you should probably get a clue with the amount of time you've played the game and the amount of stuff you've covered. I, you know, it's yeah. something to just check out. I would say. Yeah, I mean, I am thinking about doing a kind of non-rating night where I'm doing just other stuff that needs to be done, which is maybe other video games too. I don't know. We'll see how it all works out. Uh, don't put this pressure on me, man. I already have to clear ultimates now, and now I got to clear this, and now I got to clear. You know, this is not that bad of an investment okay Okay. solo is an investment with four people pretty chill even i think if you do it with someone that was good would be exciting and challenging three people would be chill okay Mm -hmm. i mean every a lot of the streams i I took um my girlfriend a couple uh gamers that had never done it before and we just went to 100 really really chill i just took care of the palmanders and stuff and it can be casual if you want it to be Okay. 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 All right. That means you're really bad if you haven't done it, Frosty. Jesus. How do you feel about that? Jesus, you're just like ripping me apart, Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's let's wrap up now. Let's wrap up now. Uh, and by doing that, I do want both of you to, uh, you know, take a second and just shout out anyone you want to shout out and where people can find you. Uh, and I'll start with you again, Pharaoh. Tell everybody where they can oh. find you and who deserves a shout out. You guys can find me at Pharaoh on Twitch, and I have a YouTube channel. There's no HOH content on it. It's just comedy. So if you want to see some memes, it's on there. Um, As for who to shout out, I would like to shout out Angelus Demonus for his YouTube channel and his Twitch, because if you guys haven't seen him when he's doing this, he is constantly talking and narrating everything he's doing. He calls his stream a live tutorial. Um, which me and I realized there was so much tech to this just because I caught one of his streams and his clears are on YouTube and that gives you when you watch one of those, it starts giving you in depth just how much tech there really is. And I, that's what really made me stick to this, um, for this time around. Cause it's always been on and off for me. Okay. Just Angelus. So no other shout outs. That's good. All right. For the, for the context of this, I don't think I would have even suggested this or, been invited on here if I didn't watch his stream because I realized it was way more interesting than I thought it was. Okay. Okay. Angelus? That's a very nice pro. Um yeah, like I, I pretty much focus on the on the stream side. So I'm I'm in four days a week. I have these a lot of a lot of my YouTube stuff are just pretty much my VODs that I just put up on YouTube. Um but it's been digested by people on YouTube so that's kinda cool. Um and I do want to thank I saw a lot of people from the Deep Dungeon solo community pop into chat, so I thank them for for tuning in, because um, you know those guys are great, and 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 they essentially and then Pharaoh included and everyone else are the ones that really thought you guys thought it was kind of cool to watch and cool to do, and now we're at this point where 
we're mock talk and we're talking about it and, and all this fun stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's thanks to you guys. Cause you know, I, I probably, probably would still be doing this regardless of who's here, but the fact that there's now a community formed around it and it seems like it's growing, uh, that's awesome. So it'll be really fun to see what happens really up until the next one comes out because it might be even larger than that. And yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see what happens. So, yeah. So, uh, real quick there, you, you were mentioning there's a discord for this as well, right? Um, um, yeah, so there's mine. You can do mine, which mine kind of focuses. My my stream Discord does focus a lot on more on the solo ones. Uh, there is a bigger one. Let me just hit the link here. Yeah, let me uh, permit you so you don't get banned. There you go. Okay, one sec. The big one, I believe, has every data center except Gaia and Mana. So basically, every English speaking data center has six data centers. Okay. Um, and you can go up and you can LFG and you can ask questions. Angelus is if you want to ask his community or Angelus himself, which is a lot of, I think, soloers. And I think the general DD one is just general. So if you don't, if you really don't have an FC or anyone to play with, you could probably find people, even someone to guide you through it, I would assume. Your mileage may vary, of course, mm -hmm. um, in the dungeon discord. Yeah, if you're not any data center I play on and early in the morning when I'm live, I can bring you through it as well. And I'm sure Angelus, I don't know if he actually brings people through it, but not usually. But we, we, I've done it before, but but everyone's so split around the data centers, especially in my Discord. So it, get, it gets a little weird, but that's kind of what's cool is that everyone is just everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. But that that one I posted and is kind of the, I guess you can call it the big one and is fairly active. The mods there are very creative. They do monthly events that are very interesting and very well thought out. Um, to to do and they get get prizes and all that stuff. Um, so they're great in there and yeah, that definitely would be more catered to the group type to find parties and such. Um, but I would say a lot of the a lot of the soloers are there also. But we we talk so much in, in in my Discord as well. So yeah, welcome to both of them. So check it out. All right. Well, you guys have been a blast on here talking about Deep Dungeon. I have definitely learned a lot myself, and I hope everyone else watching learned a good bit about it. Um, and I will be doing it at some point, you know, I'll, I'll make a, I'll make an effort. Yes, you will. <laughs> oh, I'll make sure. Uh, I do want to give my special shout outs to you as well. Of course, to my wife who puts up with me doing this every single week in Carrara, uh, Andre Kane for the intro and closing music that we have here on the show. Special, super big thanks to both Angelus and Pharaoh for agreeing to come on and do this. Uh, Pharaoh for uh, reminding me I should be doing a Deep Dungeon show just a week ago. <laughs> I wanted to watch it. I didn't know I'd be on it. <laughs> uh, and Angelus, of course, for being... If you guys don't know, Angelus is my FC leader. Uh, so I, I've known him for quite a while uh, for being such a stand-up guy and being a part of shows like this. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, um, and also thanks for Yoshi P watching the show. Of course, you know uh, I appreciate everything you do, and I know you take our opinions and everything here and apply them to the game afterwards. Uh, so yeah, thanks for that. I put the attention uh, in. Thank you. We love you. Pre please, pretty please, add another one in the next expansion. Thank you. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then next week, uh, I am planning another Mog Talk. Uh, I don't want to go ahead and say exactly what it is. I think, well, I guess I could tell you. My my hope is to have a ranged physical show because we haven't had one in a while, and I think it's a good time to digest a lot of that uh, since we're not going to be getting another one uh, in the next expansion. And now that we're, we've kind of settled with the answer and everything else, it's good to just figure out where we are and where it needs to go in the future. So that may be possible. There could be other things going on. But we also have, you know, a 
live letter coming up soon. We got the hell mode ultimate coming up soon. We have the fan fest. We have so many different things coming up that we're going to be doing on Mog Talk. Uh, I was looking at my show ideas and um, I'm pretty much set for <laughs> a few months, a couple of months, uh, at least with nice. what we can do, uh, which even within this content drought, you know, this stuff exists. Uh, I will say this is really far in the future, but sometime at the beginning of June, we are going to have a uh, two weeks without Mog Talk because I will be going on a very delayed honeymoon with my wife. Oh, nice. Two and a half years delayed. Uh, but uh, we are both getting vaccinated and we're going on a a trip because we've, we've never really had a, a vacation uh, since we started dating that lasted more than two days. So uh, we're doing that. Uh, but that all being said, I should be streaming as well on Monday. We'll do more Party Finder because Monday night Party Finder is always a lot of fun. And you guys have a wonderful rest of your evening. Uh, we will have a quick short video uh, for my Patreon viewers. Just a quick thank you to some of those. And as well as a host a raid happening right after this. So stick around for those two things because uh, we will be sending you to somebody soon. Remember, be good, keep cool, stay frosty. Bye, guys! Say bye. See ya. See ya, guys. Pharaoh. Bye. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for watching it. Uh, this is my special thanks segment to some of our higher tier Patreon supporters. Uh, we do have two new people from this week that joined in, which is Uni, who works uh, with a lot of awesome events that happen with PVE. Phase Temperance, if you guys if watch this channel, you've probably heard of it at some point. Then there is Nami, who joined as well, who I'm not sure if they're associated with other things. Uh, I would love to know, <laughs> but they have definitely started supporting us, uh, which I really appreciate it. And of course, there's Dude, it's Antonio, longtime mod of the channel, Tag Along, another wonderful mod who helps with questions and other things that we have going off the channel. Then there's Nimic, who works with the Aqua Morning website, a uh, great website for PvE content. And then there's Super Miu, who also works with a website called Team Craft. Uh, if you're interested in anything with crafting, you should check them out. That being said, uh, fairly normal, you know, thank you video. I appreciate everybody uh, watching, and uh, we will be back next week. Remember to be good, keep cool, stay frosty, bye.